0: Okay. did you ever think you would make it i feel i'm so close i could take sweet victory i know this life meant for me yeah why would you bet on goliath when we got bet david value taming giving values contagious this world of entrepreneurs we get no value to haters how they run running, look what i become i'm the i'm the one
1: Okay, episode number 309, guys, we are only 691 away from 1,000.
2: That's just basic
1: math right there, baby. How long will it take us to get to 1,000 at this pace? Six years, the way we're going? Probably something like that to get to 1,000. But today's a special podcast because we have an old friend back here with us, Liz Wheeler. She has her own show called The Liz Wheeler Show You Can Catch, as well as a new book that just came out that we'll talk about, Hide Your children. Uh, exposing the Marxists behind the attacks on America's kids Liz how are you
3: I'm good thanks for having me of
1: course it's great to have you here again Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about specifically with kids we'll get into that as well and a lot of other issues Um, but you know what I want to do just to get everyone's reactions first I want to know if your reaction to this clip is the same as mine Okay. okay And Rob, I I know, have you seen this clip yet or no? I don't know what clip it is. I I think you maybe. I I don't know if you've seen it yet. Rob, if you can play this clip, I want to see if the audience understands this clip. And I don't want us to say anything. I just want us to see what our reaction is going to be to this video. It's a very good cartoon with Superman in it, and that's the Twin Towers. Okay. Just see if you get the messaging in it. Go for it.
4: Superman saves the day again.
5: Oh my God! Oh, I, I. What do you mean? I have the message. I know Wait, it right now. Did you get? Did you get it or yes. did you get that, it? That, there
1: was already explosives in the building. How did that it, it was fall going down? down a, by the way, this is the thing about cart cart comedy. It says and so like much they, in one thing. They're able to say things, and then we get to say, "What do they mean by this?" Oh my God! Yeah. So Superman couldn't save the day. Wow! I saw this video, dear. I said, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna be. Wanting to share with the audience to see what reaction we're going to get. Five seconds and yeah. it just said, it just, go
6: yeah. and think about what Me, they're but saying. Maybe
1: the message is even Superman can't save the day. Su- today. Oh, wow. We Good need point. a book,
6: you know, it's like Lance Armstrong. It's not about the bike. We could have a new 9-11 book. It's not about the planes.
1: Yeah.
7: It's oh, not God. about, yeah. Get deep. Gets yeah. deep. Yeah. Well, that's a,
1: that's an interesting joke right there. But okay. All right. So we got a lot of topics to discuss today. One, there's a lot of flooding going on. I'm trying to find out this flooding that's going on all over the world. Is God pissed off at us? Is Mother Nature upset? Is it climate change or is somebody playing with something? The people of power, are they using something to create all this stuff? We'll talk about that. Two, LeBron James's wife and two associates named in a federal PED investigation. Uh-oh. Some are claiming this is a similar story to uh, what happened with Peyton in the back. Maybe this is a way where she's getting the PEDs, and he's been on growth hormone. There are some stories out there saying he could be the next Lance Armstrong. Who knows? We'll talk about that. Uh-oh. Next, uh, Liz Wheeler had some choice words about Tristan Tate, and, and we have to talk about that on the, today's podcast, and we got to get to the bottom of it because it, it was, it was uh, uh, some say uncalled for, but some support what she had to say, and that's a friendly debate. We'll have that conversation today. So next, uh, uh, Representative Gates... Okay, not Bill Gates, but Matt Gates, (laughs) says he'll try to remove Speaker Kevin McCarthy from his post this week. It wasn't good. It was very ugly. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, The world's favorite person... Uh, Some would say the most annoying person in the world, Meghan Merkel, almost (laughs) made a run for (laughs) Senate. There was some talks about her wanting – can you see her being in office? With Oprah, too. Yeah, with Oprah. Oprah. That would be AOC 2.0. There'd be two of them if that was to take place. Unbelievable. Governor Newsom did a couple things this week that uh, got people in California wondering whether he's leaning to the left or center or right or what's he up to. But he appointed a new Senate seat. Ron DeSantis tells Bill Maher he can beat Donald Trump. RFK thinking about running as an independent. Ford warns UAW strike could end up resulting in 500,000 supplier employee layoffs. Uh, Governor Newsom uh, uh, signs a fast food worker bill that the minimum wage for them goes to twenty dollars. That means a sixteen-year-old kid working at McDonald's making twenty bucks an hour. Forty okay. grand a year. Forty grand. I was paid. I was paid three seventy-five an hour at Burger King, maybe four twenty-five an hour. I got a fifty-cent raise from Hagendaz. They're gonna take you to twenty bucks. I'd love to go back to the future. Oh yeah. said, can I like? I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So That would be. And Bob's big, but money I can't get my money out. back. Yeah. Taylor Swift, uh, uh, obviously, her career's changed ever, she's, ever since she started dating uh, this Travis Kelsey guy. He changed her life ever since we dated. You know now. Right. Now, people, wait, now people know who she is. Now they know who she is because her career was on the on the like on the, the decline. Embarrassing. Decline. Thing. and uh, we'll talk about her dominance in NFL and we got a couple other stories what happened with Jamal Brown uh, the uh, you know the bizarre response, uh, John Bowman, Jamal mm-hmm. Bowman, he we pulled what did he, he pulled the fire alarm right, which
5: he thought opens doors,
1: right, which by oh,
5: the way I everybody
3: school principal exactly uh, uh, school alarm. principal,
5: <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, that, wait. that that no, that's and
1: that's a fact. But that's such he a tripped, grip. he was bracing himself. Uh, yeah, you know what yeah. he could say, he could say something like, look, what do, you, what do you expect from me? I've been hanging around teenagers my entire life. Mm-hmm. And dumb that's things. what we do. It's yeah, their exactly, fault, not my fault. I
2: you That would be
1: the better way. And then we got a couple other stories about Haley. Nikki Haley will cover that. She got a special gift this week. Uh, big food, big pharma companies bet on snacking just as weight loss, drugs, boom. Uh, finance experts warn of Bloody Sunday for Americans, and 60% of Americans are living still paycheck to paycheck as inflation hits workers' wages. I want to start off with the first video and start off with you, Liz, because I think it's a with the book that, that you just wrote. So – You know, a lot of people around the world and some people in the West are trying to get the Western ideas, not the Western conservative ideas, but the Western liberal ideas to people around the world. And they tried to do a LGBTQ strike in Lebanon. I don't know if you saw the results, what happened there. This is what took place when they did a LGBTQ rally protesting in Lebanon. If you can just play this clip. doesn't look like the people of the city were happy
5: and so what these guys th-
1: those guys were protesting for the LGBT they're protesting community. for the LGBTQ community yeah so you know so they're they're not too happy about it and then I saw this other clip and then I'll come right to you if you can play this other clip this is a book that's being sold, LGBTQ book for children, has a section titled, How to, how to God, Argue with Muslims, right? How to Argue with Muslims, if you can click on this, go for it.
4: Muslims, and they want to be inclusive, how to argue with a Muslim. In this book is gay.
7: Wow.
4: How to Argue with Muslims. Please guys, get this out, get this out wow. to every single parent. I mean, this is not just a few books. This is a whole ideology being pushed on the children. And now they're told to argue with Muslims. Wow. You know.
1: You can stop it right there, Bob. Why are they doing this, Liz? Why is this happening?
3: It's a religious belief for them. It's an ideology. The the term inclusion or the term tolerance is never something that they wanted. They never wanted just the right to be able to live with whoever they wanted or love whoever they wanted or even marry whoever they wanted. They always want they've always wanted to force this ideology on us. There was a story out of California from last week where a student out there was suspended from school for 5 days for quote unquote misgendering. And I mean, that's not an isolated incident, but it does make it pretty clear that they weren't just that the the ideology of the LGBTQIA lobby is not just, oh, let us live our lives, make sure that we're safe and not not persecuted, that they want to force other people, especially Christians or religious people, Muslims, they want to force people to embrace that and celebrate that. Otherwise, they're going to be socially ostracized.
1: You know why a part of this I like is 74% of Muslims vote Democrat, okay, yeah. till today, which doesn't make sense to right. me on why they do, but they do. You know, it, it, it's it's content like this that if the left is watching, just so they know, the Muslims are watching, we have a, a Muslim community that watches a podcast, to, to know they're targeting your community, your denomination, your religion. They're targeting you now to explain how to do that. It's shameless at this point. Not only are they trying to go to Muslim countries to bring that ideology to their kids, at the same time, they're putting in the books. And it's more things to be thinking about to reconsider what way you vote your leaders because the right is not sitting there saying, let's indoctrinate your kids. At least if there's one thing like, I remember the tipping point when Joe Rogan and Elon Musk were sitting there saying, you know what, if you want to save the country, vote Republican. I just finished a, a Musk's book that just came out, and there's a chapter where he talks about that. Tom, I don't know if you're there yet. On what he talks about, okay. there's a part where he talks about, you know, you got to if you want to save the country, vote Republican. Musk has been a left his entire life. I mean, his whole thinking has been about saving the environment. But now those policies, a lot of people that were on the left who have kids going to school, going through this, they're experiencing it. Tom, what do you think about when you see a story like this? Both Lebanon and what, you know, they're putting in books on how to argue with
6: Muslims. Well, Lebanon, it just goes to show you that when you have uh, a homogeneous, in other words, vastly similar, you know, uh, culture and crowd. When you come in with just a lightning rod issue like this that is so diametrically opposed, I mean the majority, let's just say one to ten, the majority of the a country over there is like about an eight in their agreement and in their intensity. And you come in here like a three, you know, the, the, you know, I'll, I'll translate the. Uh, I'll translate the. What were they speaking there? Arabic. Arabic. I'll translate the Arabic for you. You know, get out of here before I bloody your other eye. You know, it's basically, or before I take your head off. So you I had no idea you and, spoke
1: Arabic. That was that's, you're pretty. pretty. i, on first pretty first pretty time sure, I
6: found. But I was. I think my translation is pretty close. Um, so on the first hand, is you're kind of crazy. Where if you were Jewish or you were Christian or you were Mormon, that to come in and to do something so you know. Ostr- ostracizing on one side like that. You, you cannot expect that. It's almost like he's set in there to be a sacrificial lamb so that they can get the B-roll. Oh, you know, this LGBT person is being persecuted in some other country. It's almost like it's a triggering effect. And then the book, I don't think they understand what they're dealing with. If they thought that the Glendale moms, those, those brave heroes, I call them, the Armenian moms that were peacefully protesting, and then it got really big at the uh, uh, schools in Glendale, if they thought that was bad, then show up in a real Muslim community with that book and wait, what happens? Because they'll come, they'll come out of the woodwork. The you know, Muslims are not good with LGBTQ. They'll take you to a tall building and teach you to base jump, which you- is. You want to go first?
5: Well, I was, I was just going to say, too, the hypocrisy of it. Liz, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it. These books that they're pushing on our on on the children, they won't even let fathers, like like that gentleman in Texas, read the book out loud at a school board <laughs> meeting because they're like, this is inappropriate. Think of the hypocrisy, Pat. Of, oh, do you have that video? Can you play that? Find like, that
1: video. We watched th- it yeah, yesterday.
5: Think, think about that. The pastor. You, you, the, the kids yeah. couldn't read it and digest this and live that life. But a grown man in front of all grown people, no children in there, he couldn't read the words that you're pushing on the kids. And, and like, it's supposed, like, I don't understand the ideology around, like, how how that's normal. The kids could read it and and digest it, but we can't hear it out loud in public. He's at a school
6: board meeting saying, are we sure about this? Let me read it. Are we sure?
5: One of the books was called Flamer, and the other one was called Who Wants My Hot Wiener? It's like, when are we going to stop pretending? It's it really
6: called Who Wants My Hot.
5: Yeah, 100% i'm not joking pat
1: the okay. book is called who wants my hot wiener
5: i'm, I'm looking at it right now what, Bernie, what part how of, of that book? book
1: is like appropriate i'm
5: not hold on i'm telling you right now mike uh which your character asks oh i'm sorry who wants my wiener it's in the book flamer the novel is called flamer yeah. and inside he
1: goes what's who, his name what's the pastor's uh, name
5: the pastor's name i don't be the texas school board meeting
6: uh so what's
3: really interesting while you're finding that what's him. really interesting about that book
6: i'm in Chuku. is i yeah, talk
3: go. about that book in my book because randy weingarten of the american federation of teachers they partner with a book company that promotes that book in children's schools across the country so this is not an isolated incident (laughs) this is something that's being promoted from the top down which you don't even have to be conservative as a parent to not want your child indoctrinated with that
5: and and, and listen he asked this question like to I, i go i go in because i want to know the actual reason why is it is it because you know and all, the, all these elites are always preaching about overpopulation. Is it because all those kids, that whole community, aren't having any children? And that's just another method of us not having more people walking around sucking up all these natural resources. Bill Gates has always said the biggest problem to our community is overpopulation. And why not have a whole, like, generation of people yeah, that don't it. want to have kids?
1: You want to, you want to play this clip real quick and then Perfect. I do come, yeah, come yeah. to you. Go for it
5: this book here. It's called It's Perfectly Normal for
0: Students 10. And uh, this book details all kinds of images, pictures of elderly people, nude pictures of an individual who's in a wheelchair with his his out. All of these graphic images are made available and placed at the fingertips of children. This is immoral. And asinine to allow children to be able no, to Rob, see this. No, it's not this one. Yeah.
1: Pause this one. Play the one I just texted you. It's not this one.
5: Because the next one, Pat, he's reading
1: it. Yeah, and it's they the kick, one I just do they kick him out, Pat? No, okay. they, they. They. you have to stop? Yeah, no, you have to talk. stop. Don't talk. You have like to stop. Like they're
3: offended by They're, the content like they're, that they're offended. To your kindergartner. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: I just texted it to you <laughs> if you want to find it. But go ahead, Adam. Until he finds it.
2: Yeah. Well, I think there's two separate issues going on right here. Um, Number one, you know, the LGBTQ plus, plus pi, you know, sign, all the good three. Stuff. you know, the alphabet mafia, as they call it. It's a very distinct group of individuals. Like, personally, as a straight guy, you know, the, often I, I, growing up in Miami and South Beach, huge gay community, I have gay friends. I would always joke with them, like, hey, you guys do your thing. More chicks for me. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. hey. But I will say there's a major difference between the L, the G, the B. Then there's the T. Yeah. So um, the, someone's sexual orientation, gay, straight, in America, I, nope. I don't think that's any of our business. Now, when they start getting involved in the kids or when you're starting to get into hormone blockers or uh, pre-puberty blockers, and the T specifically, that's the biggest question. I think we've made major inroads to accepting gays in America. And the, the, the problem that I see in this Lebanese video is that they're condoning violence, which is basically hate crimes against someone different from you. And Tom made up a good point. All right, where do you draw the line? All right, so you're Jewish? All right, we know what's happened to them. Christians, we know what's happened to them in the Middle East. Uh, Where does the line stop? You know, the famous poem, First they came for the gypsies, I wasn't a gypsy, so I didn't say anything. Then they came for the Jews, I didn't say anything. Then they came for the Ukrainians, oh, right, right. and then they came for me, The silent no, citizen. no one was there to say anything. So as much as I'm like, hey, I understand the agenda that's going on here, as specifically in the tea community. What is a man, what is a woman? Well, it's been pretty fricking clear forever, but that's being different. But gay people have been around forever. Lesbians have been around forever. So, it's a little disconcerting to see what's going on specifically in Lebanon. Final point, you know, it's kind of like the Lebanese versus the lesbians. We all know that the Middle East, I think Lebanon is the angriest country in the world. Yep. Literally. Mm -hmm. Turkey's number two. And then Armenia is number three. Shout out to the Middle East. But going deeper in Lebanon, like if you want to go, you know, the C word, conspiracy, you know, that whole word, that there's a bigger issue at play here um, because. Just like, you know, I don't, you know, America gets criticized for having regime change or trying to topple regimes or indoctrinate our values into the Eastern world. We're not doing that in Lebanon. They're doing their thing. They, they, they you know, they're called the, the Paris of the Middle East, but they do have a major faction in their country that is run by extremists, which is known as Hezbollah. So the, the cultural wars that's happening there, some say that there's a major, they've been trying to elect a president for a year. There's political headwinds going on. There's economic major crisis going on. And some say that the people of power, especially the right-wing extremists, are using this attack on the LGBT community to basically divert attention from the real problems that are going
5: on. And and that situation right there, obviously nobody here obviously condones any type of violence with Anything. If you're gay, that's, nobody cares. But notice, Adam, look at how crazy that we've gotten right now. That attitude there, which I'm not condoning, but you know what that's called? Nipping it in the bud. Because once, once that starts, then it's the, the schools and the books and the kids. and the Guess, what, guess what's not going to happen you, you, over By
1: there. the way, that's a regular Tuesday. That's I live a, <laughs> in Iran 10 years. Like, yeah, well, what do, what that's you, all what you, the time. That's but, a, and FYI, there's a reason when I asked the question, I said, why do uh, uh, Muslims move to christian countries to raise their families Mm. but christians don't move to muslim countries to raise their families that's a question that we had on the debate here Mm -hmm. very valid question and that's one of the reasons okay well because but but i will tell you one of the parts that you don't have to worry about where they stand they don't compromise what they stand for they're straight up this is us (laughs) yep (laughs) you don't like it you can you can take me to jail you can do this you can do that i'm not i'm not sitting for something like this i want you to watch this video play this clip real quick play this clip real quick because this is the one.
0: It's called It's Perfectly Normal. I'll read some of this for you. It says, after uh, it's a bit, the a music, person's right? b- becomes moist and slippery. And the clitoris becomes hard. After but, a I, bit, a person's past- b- becomes gonna, erect, stiff, me. and larger. Faster. Sometimes faster. a bit of clear <laughs> fluid that may contain <laughs> few sperm comes out of the tip of Jeez. the b- and makes
4: Pastor. it wet. Can we... Sir, I'm sorry. I...
0: Was it something I said? (laughs) If you don't want to hear it in the school board meeting, why should children be able to check it out of the school system? But you don't want me to read it. Why? Does it bother you? Yes or no? You can't answer that question. You want to know why? Because politically speaking, you can't say that it's wrong. And you don't want me to read the filth because it exposes the truth. How dare you tell me to stop reading it? If you don't want to hear it, why should the children have to see
5: it? Pastor, your time is, is, yeah, your time exactly. is up. Thank
3: you. Oh that man, I change.
0: love that guy.
3: Oh. Thank
5: you, Jesus! <laughs> this, book, th-
2: this is why Liz bo- Liz's book is so important. Because it is all about the kids. Yeah. Right? Like, my biggest thing with the Alphabet Mafia, specifically the T stuff, is two things. It's stay away from the kids and stop grown-ass men being in women's sports. I don't think that's too hard to ask. You you have a child. Right? I do. And I know that's a major concern of yours. But once someone's 18, they can make their own decisions.
3: I mean, to a certain extent. I would probably argue that that's medical malpractice since it's not treating you can identify however you want. You can't force other people to. I'm not saying video. It. I want to comment on the Lebanon video for a second, because there's a reason that that's going viral in the United States on social media. It's because that doesn't often happen here in the United States as the LGBTQIA lobby. And I understand your argument separating the two, but for all intents and purposes, Gay people and lesbians and bisexual people have not d- disconnected themselves from this lobby. You can argue that the transgender lobby has latched on to what they have accomplished, but they haven't. They haven't severed that and said, "Hey, we're going to be separate." Except for the uh, what are they called? Turfs. The trans exclusionary radical feminists. Yeah. Who are never like,
1: even heard that. Who term, are like the see.
3: lesbians that are like, "Wait a second! Wait a second! All of our women's rights mm-hmm. are erased if there's transgender stuff." But the reason that video from Lebanon went viral here in the United States is because that's actually very uncommon. And the other side, the LGBTQIA lobby, wants us to think of any criticism or any any parental objection to the graphic stuff being taught to our children. They want us to think that that leads immediately to violence. But let me tell you about one of the things that I had to read in the course of researching this book. This was the most disturbing thing I ever read. And we all work in the news. We read disturbing things all the time. I read the founding document of queer theory, which is just like we learned a couple years ago that when black children are told they're oppressed and white children are told they're racist, we realized, oh, that's the principles of critical race theory, right? We saw what was being taught before we recognized what its origin was. Well, the same with the transgender ideology, this stuff about gender being a spectrum, being disconnected from biological sex, that you are what you identify. That's well, not just a random assortment of nonsense. That is, those are the principles of queer theory. It's also a neo-Marxist theory, like critical race theory. So when I'm writing about this, I thought, well, I should read the founding document. I should read the source documents to see what they believe, what they want to happen, what they want to teach children, what their goal is with this theory, because this has become so prevalent in the last, really, eight years since 2015. So I pull up this document. It was written by a woman named Gail Rubin. She's alive and well in our country today. She founded some lesbian bondage clubs in San Francisco, but she's in academia now. She wrote an essay called Thinking Sex, which, like I said, is is the founding document of queer theory. And in this document, she not only lays out these principles that gender is a spectrum, that you can be a boy if you want to be a boy. She actively defends child pornography. She defends outright pedophilia and tells people that we, as a society, yeah, there it is, Thinking Sex. That we, as a society, will regret imprisoning the, quote, men who love underage boys, pedophiles, within 20 years, and she, men who love underage youth, and advocates for the sexualization of children. So what we're seeing in the school classrooms when we see these graphic books, this is their goal. It's not inclusion, it's not tolerance, it's not, oh, your sexual orientation doesn't define who you are, you're much more than what you're sexually attracted to. This is their ultimate goal, and if we don't listen to what they say. And believe them, then our well, children are going to be.
2: Liz, thank you for pointing this out. I had Rob real quick just take find a picture of her slash yeah that guy. So that's a her. That's what is that?
3: Yeah, she's a le- she's, she's a lesbian. Yeah, this is a woman, yeah, a woman. A woman. <laughs> Gail Rubin. Is this a f- okay. uh, born born? Can we female see some other images a of this? Sh- Why does change? that picture oh, no, look like it? She works female. at
1: McDonald's. Go back to that picture <laughs> with the vest, yeah, blue shirt.
2: Does it not look like yeah. is that a fast food? Re- I mean that <laughs> if you didn't tell me straight up that that was a woman I would I there's a high likelihood I think that was just a fat ugly dude sorry
3: and she's not even transgender to my knowledge I mean go back to the thinking sex essay and look
1: up
2: up
3: what they say about child pornography
1: yeah February 1977 shortly after the day county vote a sudden concern with child pornography swept the national media in May Chicago Tribune Ran a lurid four-day series with three-inch headlines. Uh, Rob, if you're on it, I actually can't read it. Yeah, three-inch headlines which claim to expose a national vice range of organized to lure your young boys into prostitution pornography. Which section do you want us to read? Is
3: it's it- a little bit further down. A
1: cool. little down. She
3: she excuses this. She makes it seem like that this is a witch hunt against people that possess this. So that's their their First Amendment right to possess images that depict the sexual abuse of toddlers and children. You-
6: yeah, the loss produced by the child porn pandemic are ill-conceived, directed. Well, just to be clear, Liz, because I want to, they
1: get... represent far-reaching alterations in the regulation mm-hmm. of sexual behavior and abrog- abrogate important sexual civil liberties. Like you have A the civil right
3: liberty civil to possess liberty. child pornography. Hardly
1: anyone noticed as they swept through Congress and state mm-hmm. legislatures, with the exception of the North American Man Boy Love Association, Americans.
5: Ridiculous. Which,
3: by the way, is a pedophile. It's a yeah. lobbyist for yeah. pedophile.
5: Pedophilia or it's, it's not. They, they don't call them that anymore. It's minor attracted person. Ridiculous.
2: That's just their it's way of math.
3: sanitizing. But isn't yeah, this it's shocking it's to you? This disgusting. is
5: absurd. This is, should
2: be illegal. This is disgusting. All iterations of that. You saw a sound of silence, I assume. Sound of freedom. Sound of freedom. Yes. Okay. Sound of silence. Part two. I was it. like, Sorry. no,
3: I didn't what no. is that. Silence of the Lambs.
7: Silence of
2: the Simon <laughs> and Sound of freedom. Hello, Simon. which
6: my old friend. Hello, Clarice.
2: Was was hard a very impactful watch. movie. Very to hard, hard to you watch. You I don't think, other than these actual freak shows, nobody's advocating for anything with minors. I actually just found out recently because of Russell Brand that you know the average age of consent in the United States, it's actually sixteen. In thirty five states. I had no idea. Okay, because he was accused of doing something. That with was a in minor. the UK
3: that he was accused. C-
2: correct. So I went down the rabbit hole and I said, Is sixteen illegal? It's actually not in the UK. Now, I'm not trying to hang out with high school girls, but in most states it actually is sixteen in the United States.
3: Right, but that's not what they're talking about here.
2: I, I'm fully endorsing that.
3: The books that we were the books that, that at guy that. was reading from, those people are academic. Academically and ideologically in line in alignment with queer theory. It's not just oh This is some freak show paper that I pulled from some random academic if you look on her Wikipedia page She is credited as writing the founding document of queer theory. That's what this is. She's like She's like the Kimberly Crenshaw or Derrick Bell of critical race theory like she's the origin of it
1: You know uh, the thing that you said hey I watched them beat these guys up, and then boom. What was the quote that you were saying? You were, And Tom kind of finished the quote with you. First Ukrainians, they came for blah, blah, blah. the Gypsies, yeah.
2: then they came for the
1: Jews.
3: What yeah, about actually, coming for the children? that
1: quote applies to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. What she's saying is, you're like, well, ah, give me a break. It's just they're gay. It's just to leave them alone. What's the big deal? And da-da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden you get married and you have kids, and your three-year-old kid mm-hmm. comes home one day from school, and she's like... Wait a minute. No, no. I'm putting my foot down. And then it's too late. So yeah. the, 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 the part that uh, the people who are experiencing this pain the most, and I want to go to the next story, but I want to say final thoughts here before we go to the next story. We're going to get a chance at the end as well for you to kind of tell us more about the book. I wanted to start off with the story. And Rob, let's put the link below for people that want to buy her book. You can go pick up her book. The link will be in the description. Here's, here's what I was thinking about the other day. When you watch strikes, who typically strikes? The you workers. see the workers, uh, right? Yeah. Union workers, United Auto Workers go on a strike. Writers Guild, you know, go on a strike. Actors go on a strike. All these workers going on a strike. When have you seen parents go on a strike? <laughs> I don't understand this. Here's, I'm telling you, I yeah. have a suggestion, parents. I'm going to keep talking about this until somebody takes the lead on this and screams it off the top of their lungs, and then they do it. I would love to see a one-month parent strikes 1 million kids in America for one straight month. Like pull
3: month. them out of public school? Pull them
1: out of public school pull for them one them. month. Yeah. And what I would do is out of those million kids that are being taken out, find out how many of those parents, how many of those kids parents are teachers, okay? Mm-hmm. Where the where parents can actually teach a certain course mm-hmm. zoom. So what you need to do is a million divided by what? Let's just say it's a million divided by how many kids per zoom. How many zooms can we have? Uh, 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 per classroom. Give- uh,
6: they do group homeschoolings. Like 15 or so when it's like you teach politics to okay. 15 homeschoolers. So let's just say 20. Okay. Yeah,
1: good so number. million 20, it's what? 5,000. Is that how many we need? Is mm-hmm. it 5,000 or 50,000 on, uh, we need 50,000, right? So if you got 20, you got 50,000 parents, 20 to one. If you got 50,000 parents that say, I'll teach a class for one month. No problem. Why don't we do that? Okay, you take one month of your salary, say four grand a month, six grand a month, five grand a month, no problem. We'll fund it. You go take one month off. Parents, if you're that upset about this, why don't you take a one month strike? Okay, flip it on everybody else. It's constantly the workers going on a strike. How about for once customers going on a strike? Mm-hmm. And here the customer is who? The parent. Yep. Parents taking their kids to school as a customer. Okay, parents. Why don't we go on a one month strike? In a I, sense,
3: we're doing a lot of parents have been doing that. I mean, the number of homeschoolers in the last three years have like tripled. There's yeah, like five not, million not, homeschooling but, schoolers compared to he's talking about you're
5: talking about like a month moving, no. like a like a, a child pride yeah. month what, where but, everybody we shut it down. But
1: but what what the homeschoolers are doing is they're making a choice to protect their families. They're not, they're not doing a rally cry for others to join a strike type of a thing. To do a strike, it's got to be a unified group coming together saying, guys, for the month of November, we're taking one month. We're taking our kids out of school for one month, okay, and come join our homeschooling. and come do something like this. One month, let's get out. Let's show America how united we are, and then let's bring the governors of those states to a place, a hearing, no, you have to listen to what's in the yeah. book. No, you have to hear what's going on. No, you. we are not putting them back in school until you change it. No problem. Hey, you know what you did, government? Here's the biggest mistake the government did. And by the way, let me tell you why I believe this is possible. Do you remember when... Uh, 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 companies like Twitter came out and they said, "Well, you know, at Twitter we have made a decision. You can work from home for the rest of your life." 20, <laughs> so, 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 so. Yeah. And it all of a sudden, shit. That's a t- guy's terrible. I I just say <laughs> <Come> that. <back. laughs> you should have never said that. Please come back. Well, you said I we met can four work days from- a week. So so what happened was what COVID did. The best thing COVID did. COVID taught parents we can actually homeschool. Yeah. COVID was actually terrible for public schools. To realize, holy shit, if these parents realize they don't need us, we're gonna be in deep trouble. Yeah. Well, guess what, parents? You don't. Why don't we do a one million kid strike? Okay, one million kid strike for 30 days and then let them feel the pain, then they have to adjust. Schools are gonna be like, wait a minute, where the hell are these kids? We can't be doing something like We're not hitting our numbers, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. And by the way, well, you know, what if it hurts their GPA? What if it hurts this? What if it hurts that? Yeah, at this point of the game, quite frankly, as if going to college was the same value it was 30 years ago. The same yeah. th- t- thing they were teaching 30 years ago is the same thing they're teaching today. If you ain't doing STEM anyways, why do you care about it? Exactly. Let's really disrupt the educational system. Unless if your kids are not going to become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, this, this, that, forget about it. Let's do this. Let's get them to realize you're in charge, the people, and now let's get some movement going. If
5: you really want to save it, you have to get your hands dirty because think about it. If you can't read the book out loud at a school board meeting yeah. or you can't <laughs> go Comics to a school here. board meeting without the FBI labeling you a domestic terrorist— I'm I, I'm I say this all the time it's time to let's fight fire with we'll fire we got to get thing. dirty get dirty
3: Here's the thing we have to have an objective though if we do this it can't just be a protest there has to be a concrete change that we're able to articulate that we want to happen in the schools or else it'll just very quickly fall back and let me tell you this this was so interesting so public schooling in our country wasn't even mandatory until 1852 which isn't that long ago and the reason it became mandatory, Massachusetts was the first state to make it mandatory and it became mandatory because there was an influx of immigrants to our country at the time, particularly Catholic immigrants and the Protestant politicians in charge of Massachusetts wanted to indoctrinate these immigrant children in American values so they'd be loyal to America first rather than the country of their birth and they wanted to indoctrinate them in Protestant values because of the centuries long battle between Protestants and Catholics. And I was researching this as part of my book and I realized, well, our education system actually is intended to be an indoctrination center. We think of indoctrination negatively just because of what the left is indoctrinating, but it's actually a very like nebulous morally morally neutral concept. It depends on what's being indoctrinated. But sometime between when it became compulsory and now Republicans lost sight of that and started treating it as this neutral institution where we just treat, teach reading, writing and arithmetic. I would argue that when you have children under your care for 8 hours a day, there's no way that you can just interact in a value-neutral way. You are going to be imparting some kind of values, and if we are going to do something like a million parent or a million child strike, we have to call for fundamental changes to the education system, which means taking it back to teaching American values and Judeo-Christian morals. Otherwise, if our values yeah. aren't predominant in this institution, the Democrats' values well, are. Well, Liz, to be.
1: we wouldn't tell people to take a strike for the hell of it. Obviously, there mm-hmm. would be an agenda behind doing something like that. But what I'm saying is for us to realize what things we have in common right now. One is our conservative values that have disappeared, okay? We've taken, we're afraid of prayer for whatever reason, but we're not afraid of LGBTQ stuff being taught in school. Very confusing for me. And when it comes down to certain things that's being taught right now, if we can unify around three things, someone needs to take the lead, make a website, write down five things we're demanding and asking to change, Go on a one-month strike, get people to volunteer. Let's pick the dates on when it's going to happen. Let people feel the pain. If we are supporting unions going on strike and destroying businesses, great. Why don't we do the same thing to you? The biggest union in America is Teachers Union. Yep. The biggest union in America is Teachers Union. Let's let them feel the pain a little bit. Hey, guys, you keep trying to bully all of our kids? Hey, let us kind of give you a little bit of a taste of your medicine. And we've never done this before. Love it. I, think, I think the parents showed during COVID you can actually pull this off. Let's go to the next story. Okay. All these flooding that's going on, okay, we're seeing it all over the world. New York, terrible situation, right? You got Libya. I'll read a couple of these stories. here. your climate change and NYC historic rain buckles cities infrastructure. Again, this is an NBC story talking about severe storm with over seven inches of rain in less than 24 hours wreaks havoc. In New York City, Rob, if you can find a video without audio to just play it, inundating streets and crippling transportation system, highlighting the city's vulnerability to climate change-driven extreme weather. Look okay, at that. that part is very. Whoa. that is that's like New York. People yeah, people are walking in that. Yeah, truck. I mean, it just doesn't make any car. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. And then, by the way, another one here in Las Vegas, after historic flooding, what's next for recreation of Mount Charleston? Okay, in August twenty-first, a historic flood caused tropical storm Hillary devastated Mount Charleston Nevada can you go to that one right there if you can find a video on Mount Char- Charleston uh best name Nevada for a flood by the way. best hurricane yeah by the name. with eight inches of rainfall in 48 hours damage in homes buildings and infrastructure although no injuries reported then this is Nevada by the way which makes no sense yeah. and then you have Libya which is the most tragic one Libya flooding that's Up to 11,000, tops 11,000, as thousands reported missing. The death toll for the catastrophic floods in eastern Libya has climbed to 11,000, with nearly 4,000 bodies recovered and identified, and more than 9,000 people still missing, as reported by the Libyan Red Crescent and the World Health Organization, Dr. Ahmed Zoytan, of WHO, World Health Organization, called it disaster of epic proportions, while Ahmed Al-Hadid, of the red crescent noted that bodies were washing up on the beaches as far as 150 kilometers away and fyi there's flooding going on in a bunch of different places that we can show as well it's eight different big floods going on around the world at the same time mm-hmm. so what's the reasoning behind it is it one it's god is upset and you know he is upset with what we're doing with his kids he's upset with what we're doing what's been given to us is it mother nature is it climate change or the fact that it's all happening at the same time, a you know an agenda that's taking place? I asked this question on Monday morning with my C-suite executives, just to spark conversation. What are your thoughts on what's going on with this? What's so the reason behind This is it?
2: actually a story that I actually follow pretty closely because I'm born and raised in Miami. We've been dealing with flooding forever, especially in Miami Beach and South Beach. It floods. We're on the bay. We're near the ocean. The bay overflows, especially in the canals. The streets get flooded. What we've done in Miami is we've risen, raised the streets. Like literally they, they, they bring the street up, uh, five feet. So if you look at the cities that are the most vulnerable to flooding, here's uh insurify cause I trust insurance companies cause they actually have to pay out yeah. just kind of like how Vegas has to pay out when there's odds. Miami on a score one through a hundred, a hundred. Wow. <laughs> Number one city in America. And there's three States that are basically affected by flooding, um, in the United States. There's, Miami, Miami, Florida. There's Hialeah there. There's Hollywood, Florida, which is 10 minutes south of us where we did the vault. And um, I believe Tampa's on this list. Then you have New York, Brooklyn, uh, New Jersey City, all basically outer bureaus of New York City. And then you have certain cities in Texas. So in the United States, the cities that should be the most focused on this, I assume are right? Miami's taking action. I have no clue what New York is doing. I don't know what Eric Adams is doing. Certainly don't know what Bill de Blasio was doing. I know that Bloomberg was doing all right. And obviously your people down in Texas are doing their thing. But when it comes to cities most vulnerable in the world, nobody is taking it higher than in China, India, and um, I believe it's Indonesia, but Southeast Asia. So the, 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 the The hemispheres or the parts of the world that should be the most attentive to this are North America and Asia, specifically Southeast Asia. But if you want to go Tom Ellsworth and get some stats here, um, the temperatures have risen by an average of 0.14 Fahrenheit per decade since 1880. Why 1880? Because that's post-Industrial Revolution, right, which was late 1700s, American Revolution, to basically almost the Civil War, where basically machines took over handwork, persons versus machines. So this is what concerns Gen Z, which I understand, especially if this is all they hear. So since the industrial revolution, temperatures have risen 2% degrees Fahrenheit hotter, okay, that's overall. The rate of warming since 1980, however, is two times as rapid, 0.32 per decade. 2022 was the warmest year ever on record We'll see where 2023 finishes. We're not done yet. And bottom line is the 10 warmest years uh, on historical record have all occurred since 2010. So the question is is not, is the globe getting warmer? It certainly is. If you believe science and trust the science and all this information, if you want to fact check me, is at the NOAA, the National Association of Atmospheric Administration, dot gov. But. Uh To what extent is human activity in this, right? So we've seen it since the post-industrial revolution, machines, the fogs, cars, um, airplanes. We see that. You have Leonardo DiCaprio's of the world and the people flying to Davos while they're saying global warming. Yeah. So to what extent is human activity? um, But the bottom line is it's expected to go five degrees Fahrenheit higher by the end of the century. So... Is this something that I think about every single day, my demise? No. I kind of want to work. kind of want to live my life, kind of do my thing. But when I'm driving in the streets of Miami and it's flooded, it's kind of
6: hard not to pay attention to what's going on. So, Tom, what do you think is going on here? I, I... The Earth has had cycles, and these cycles have come and gone. You know, archaeologists, why do we always find old civilizations under six feet of dirt? Because something happened, and it flooded, and it covered them up. Now, is that to say that you know, all the pollution that we create is good? No. Less pollution in any form would be better. Um, but are we dramatically driving 100% of what we see? No. I I, I don't think so. I think the Earth's headed cycles. We have a cycle that's going on now. We've had ice ages that came and go. And, you know, if the caveman had CNN, they would have been worried about global cooling for several centuries. So... Are we having an impact? Sure. Man is having something of an impact. But I think there's also cycles that happen. And you can look back in history and kind of see the way structures of Earth and geology have changed from time to time. There have been cycles. Liz?
3: I think I would probably take a little more pragmatic approach to it. So you mentioned the temperature difference between 1880 and now. Well, 1880 is the year that we started tracking global temperatures. So it's not that since 1880 we've seen... All these changes that's that we didn't track temperatures before that so it's not really quite fair to um quite fair to compare that i think infrastructure and the increase in infrastructure especially in the united states plays into it i mean if you want to use new york as an example their sewer system for sewer water are made of clay pipes that haven't been replaced in like 100 years obviously their infrastructure is crumbling their infrastructure is also like if you look at the skyline of new york city now compared to 100 years ago it's much different right so as we continue to build look at miami for example you've seen those before and after pictures of miami as we continue to build up infrastructure in these cities that are on the coast or are vulnerable to storms that's obviously going to cause greater damage because we've chosen to build there um i'm skeptical of the claims made by the climate alarmists that say that that the industrial revolution and And CO2 and fossil fuels are responsible for this because I don't think that they give I think I think that they lose some credibility when they don't also state what the positives for humanity have been for these things and they've had so many of their predictions debunked even since like the 1980s these climate alarmists have told us that we're gonna have states falling off that polar bears are gonna die that Greenland's gonna be covered in water and none of the things that they've said I mean Five years ago, Greta Thunberg said we were going to be dead by now, and we're yeah. not. They're not really very credibly science-based people, so I suspect that there's an agenda behind mm-hmm. the alarmism because that is what ruling class typically does is they try to spark fear in the hearts of people in order to push an agenda. We've, It's pretty clear what their agenda is, whether it's coming from AOC or from the World Economic Forum. They really want... To move us towards a more mm-hmm. socialist economy just based on fear so well, Liz, skeptical. Let, me, let
2: me ask you this because you yeah. made some fair points especially you know where'd Greta Thunberg go to uh, school yeah for she, this she did oh she's not she's 14 she just laughs every so, time she gets arrested so like, she's it. certainly she used as it. a pawn by of whoever course. is pulling of the strings course. no doubt and I do agree that there's to an extent uh climate alarmism and Gen Z has fallen major victim to this you can see that they yeah. that's their number one priority
3: It's the number one. My my question is: you also
2: made a valid point about the Industrial Revolution, 1880, but how do you explain the last ten years have been the hottest ever? So I get the 1880, but how do you explain the last ten years?
3: Well, there are like he was saying, there are fluctuations in global temperatures. I mean, we over ten years. Yeah, we go through warm periods. We go through cool periods. We really don't. We really don't have enough scientific data to make sweeping statements about what these what these temperature cycles mean because we have such a limited amount of data. I'm no, I'm no scientist. I'm
2: no scientist. This is a straight. Years. This is a straight gut. But you can. I, I would assume this happens over tens of thousands of years. There's cycles right? that are the less. The ice than age, that. the heat age, whatever. The Mesozoic, the Paleolithic. All this stuff happens over hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of years. But 10 years 10, seems seems pretty extreme to me maybe,
5: maybe, to go up that much. Like, maybe, I would like an explanation for that. Maybe 10 years because, I mean, if you feel, if you want to get biblical and stuff, it feels like the devil is running the show right now maybe that's maybe that's what it's could you think about it adam could you think about it you don't think
3: there are micro cycles in addition to the macro cycles that there can be small fluctuations
5: i'm just saying 10 years is 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 quite the
2: micro cycle over ten thousand. i just look at the data from even the un's
3: intergovernmental panel on climate change not exactly your conservative think tank over there they released a report i think it was from 2022 that said that debunked what a lot of these climate alarmists were saying about tornadoes and hurricanes and floods and said no these these natural disasters aren't occurring with greater severity or more frequency that's just a talking point we we suffer greater damage because our infrastructure is built up so much mm-hmm. more and people stand to lose so much more and maybe that's something we need to address when we're when we're building up in certain areas of the country or certain areas of the world But I'm just a little confused by the narrative that we hear from politicians or this fear mongering that is causing Gen Z to Mm -hmm. suffer like one in five Gen Zers suffers insomnia over fear of climate disaster. I'm confused about why we are telling Gen Z that we are going to die based on climate alarmism when even the most leftist organizations like NOAA, Mm. the national oceanic and atmospheric association or the un are saying actually what these climate alarmists are claiming about natural disasters isn't true
2: but liz i doesn't this come down to two things it's number one is there alarmism and activism and fake news going on about this issue yes but is it an issue i also say yes so It's not like it's right or wrong or it's a binary choice where it's do nothing, nothing to see here, don't do anything, versus stop everything you're doing, this is the number one issue, we're all going to die. There has to be some nuance here. Even Tom, who's the professional fact checker, said there's cycles, but you also said, to some extent, man-made. To how much extent, do you think?
6: No, I I said if you're going to argue with me about CO2, I'll say, okay, anytime we pollute lakes and air less, that's good. Yeah. Right. But I'm not not saying it's that it's correlated. And what's very, very interesting. She brought up about Noah. Noah got caught with their pants down 11 years ago on modifying the data. Number one, Kofi Annan got caught with his pants down saying, well, this is really about economic redistribution. That, that the climate change argument at the U.N. level is about economic redistribution from the rich countries to the poor countries. So when I see those two things, you know, science for me kind of takes a shot, and I say, you know, you know I, you know, what I see in the weather, I know what I see around, and we have greater... By the way, it is true that the natural disasters were not happening with increasing frequency, but our awareness of the natural disasters and instant news cycles and yes. Twitter have made us wildly... Av- I fully know, Paul, agree with that. Paul McCartney Paul McCartney went out and did, and you can go look this up, Rob, did the concert for Bangladesh because of these typhoons that would come in annually and basically create incredible suffering for these poor people. Just masses of humanity, third world country with a lot of, lot of infrastructure. And by the way, you had people like me that were going to college going, I didn't even know about this. Why didn't we know about it? Mm-hmm. Why didn't we know about Farm Aid? Because in these time of media, it was brought more to our attention. And so now we go back and look at it and say, you know, some of these natural disasters have been happening just like that, natural disasters. And they're more prevalent in the front of your face now than they were previously. And so and then you have no one people caught with their pants down. That kind of that kind of takes credibility away from me. I'm like, oh. So we're going to use climate change as this bludgeon for economic redistribution. And,
5: okay. And, and speaking of government and them having their their way with it, you guys have all heard of weather modification, right? It's an act of intentionally manipulating or altering weather. The most common is called cloud seeding, which increases rain or snow, usually for the purpose of increasing the local water supply. Which, in my dude, if you, if you can control the weather, who knows what the hell they do? Because mm-hmm. and then this says. Uh, you could damage, use it for damaging weather against the enemy as a tactic of military or economic warfare, like Operation Popeye, where clouds were to prolong the monsoon uh, in Vietnam. So, I don't know, bro. If the government can control weather and do what they want, and they want to push an agenda of climate change, and it starts pouring, raining in New York, that, I've never seen that. Bro. I'm from New York. Never, ever since I've been, I've, I've seen it that. That bad an infrastructure this this administration ran on infrastructure. It's how bad is it lacking where the streets of New York? Just on a on a on a downfall like that shut down the whole city I
3: have a question for you, Adam So one of the things that I think is interesting and I like having these conversations with good faith people even when we don't Necessarily come at from the same perspective but one of the ways that I differentiate between science and ideology is whether there's demonstrable proof that substantiates a claim right versus just presenting an unfalsifiable claim because an unfalsifiable claim, you could argue that a lot of faith is based on something that can't be proved. You can't necessarily scientifically prove that God exists. But the basis of science is that you can prove something over and over and over again. So one of the things that I often notice with people talking about the human impact, and we'll even put the climate alarmists aside for a second, but people that talk about the human impact uh, on weather, like CO2 and what it's done to our climate, what is, how, do you, how do you know? Like, what is your proof? Because you're making a pretty, what seems to me like an unfalsifiable claim. You're saying to me, well, our temperatures have increased by a fraction of a percent. And over here, we also have flooding. Therefore, I'm going to assume that they are not only correlated, but directly correlated. What is the proof of that? There is none.
2: You bring up a valid point. And uh, here's what you talk about arguing in good faith. Like in any negotiation or any conversation, let's start with what we agree upon, right? Do we want to live on earth? Yes, yes do we love our planet yes am i trying to move to mars no despite my invitation from elon musk do we want the temperature to rise to a point where we can't survive hell no so if if we have some basis of agreement because i think things get so politicized you love the earth. I hate the earth. You hate the it's like no, that's not what it is. I just
3: want to know what the what the proof is because you'd think if it was if if human behavior, especially like fossil fuels and CO two, were a direct cause of even the increase in temperature that led to an increase in severity and frequency of storms, then you would see that data. And yet the data shows that there is not an increase in frequency and severity. So it seems to me that that undercuts the claim. And I'm just wondering what what substantiates that claim. Otherwise, it's just ideology, right?
2: B- PBD is all about debates. And discourse conversation. The, the, the conversation you had a week ago with the Muslims and the Christians yeah. was fantastic. I know you said you want to do more of those. What have you done or what are your thoughts on having this type of debate? I know we've had climate people on,
1: but have you had this debate? She's asking you a very good question, by the way, <laughs> just so you know. And, and I, I think she's waiting for an answer. But, but I will say this to you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> what I'll say to you is, you know, we've always, Rob and I, will invite people to debate people from the other side who say no it's not as catastrophic as you make it out to be the people that are fully convinced climate change is real don't want to do the debate don't know why the same experience i had during covid the people that said why don't we look at other options for you know, uh, uh, COVID. Why don't we question mm. why there's certain challenges with the vaccine? The people that said no, you got to take the vaccine no matter what never wanted to debate the other people that were doing research. Again, I don't know why. What I've learned, the same reason why I brought up Newsom the other day. I said, look, I love, the, I respect the fact that Newsom's willing to go and sit down with Hannity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got some people on the right that are not willing to go sit down with anybody else on the left, or Obama never came and sat down with anybody on the right. I respect anybody that's willing to do the debate. You got to respect that. But on the climate change side, this, this side doesn't like to debate with the other side. I don't know why. Anyways, let's move on to the next topic. I'd like to go through six more topics, and we only have an hour left. Okay, so next, uh, LeBron James' wife and two associates named in federal PED investigation— uh, story that just recently came out, and it's got a lot of people saying, is LeBron doing GH, Is young growth hormone? Is this the Lance Armstrong story that's about to come out, and they're going to strip him of all these different accolades that he has? So let's read it. LeBron James Close, associate Ernest Mims, business manager, and David Alexander, trainer, have been named an unredacted federal document related to the biogenesis scandal. However, there is no accusation or evidence of LeBron James using mm. performance enhancement drugs. In the reports. the biogenesis scandal previously implicated major league baseball players like Ryan Braun and Nelson Cruz leading to suspensions for 21 players. Ernest Mims was cited for buying controlled substances for personal use, while David Alexander was listed as a Miami-based personal trainer for LeBron James' wife. LeBron James and other athletes were not directly named in the case, and James's representative stated that he had no prior knowledge of his name being referenced in biogenesis investigation. Now, Rob, can you pull up a picture with LeBron James? uh, uh, Let let me read that to you. If you found that, let me just read that. A representative for James told ESPN that... the. uh, Los Angeles Lakers no, uh, uh, had no knowledge. Uh, uh, he, his wife, or his associate were even referenced in a biogenesis investigation until approached by the media organization last year. ESPN's request to interview James and Mims were declined after they provided James's camp with applicable information to back up their questioning. It's clear ESPN's reporting on the subject took over years' worth of research, <laughs> and while this is first needle-moving action, first needle-moving yeah, yeah. action, involving the Biogenesis case in several years, it's surely not going to be the last. Can you find a picture? Just Google, is LeBron James taking PED with his body? Tom, I'm going to go to you first because there's a story of this that came out with Peyton Manning. We had his neck accident. What are your thoughts on the story here with LeBron James and Peyton Manning?
6: Well, look, I mean, there's there's smoking guns here, but there is a huge economic interest of the NBA not to have – not to have um, your number one star have an issue like this. They saw what happened with A-Rod, Manny Ramirez, and how baseball baseball took such black eyes. So there's a lot of economic interest in the NBA not to have this happen. But the other side of it, there appears to be a playbook here because when Peyton Manning hurt his neck, supposedly he was receiving certain substances that came to his wife, and I don't recall seeing Ashley kind of beef up or be uh, bench-pressing Honda Civics, Um, and he had a need a very big medical need because they were trying to heal the fuse of the uh, vertebrae on his neck and he was having trouble doing that and there was this there was certain muscle deterioration that happened that is a result of the surgery and people said well if an average individual was using these things I would be actually prescribing them unfortunately he's an individual who is uh, he makes a living where they have a book that says you can't use these things so I, I think spin have it right you know they call them wags yeah wives and girlfriends yeah they've changed it this morning they're now pags and it's um pharmacist girlfriends so it's um it's it's a completely <laughs> different category now Or <laughs> your wife is actually you know uh, not just supporting your career she's supporting your <laughs> career
1: okay so let me ask you a question you think actually something's going to come out that lebron's doing pd and he's going to get caught and The story's going to get public. You think they're going to take it to that level like they did with Lance Armstrong? Because, you know, they they fully ganged up on Lance to destroy his legacy, right? And that's more of an individual sport. sport. It's slightly different. And one would say how much money and sponsorship is in cycling, although he probably brought a lot of attention to cycling, being the greatest cyclist of all time. Everybody was talking about it. And this, this is a behemoth of a league, franchise, he's a face. This would be a black guy for the NBA, That's for my his point. legacy, for being the greatest, for being all that. Uh, I have a complete different argument for this mm-hmm. uh, on on what I think when I think about, you know, by the way, did you find a picture of the guy? If you find a, a, a picture with LeBron on. Chris, Pat, you, your, your for the picture, net, is picture
6: net, Pat, I'll answer your question. Yes, I think this is a smoking gun, but I think there's so much at stake for the NBA that they, they got to put the smoke out. Well, zoom in on that, zoom in
1: on that picture right there. That's what Marcellus Wiley.
6: Okay. Look,
2: I mean, that's, let's just start with the basics. LeBron is an absolute specimen of a human being. He is an absolute beast. Even in high school, the guy was massive. So if, if there's somebody that may not need to take steroids, it might be arguably the greatest physical athlete of all time. Now, do, I, do we know if he's actually doing or doing not? We know that he takes very good care of his body. Ironically, you know, he played for the Heat. David Alexander, who is the trainer here, I've known him for years. He married a girl I went to high school with, Natasha. So I know these people. They're around. They're like they're not random people in random basements selling drugs. He's a very famous Miami fitness trainer. He's not some low-key weird dude. So is Randy Mims. I don't know why they called him Ernest Mims. But he goes by Randy. I've seen him a million times in Miami. That's his business manager. Now, if he is doing something, it'd be pretty damn sloppy to put it in your wife's name. (laughs) You've got literally so many people in your inner circle you're going to do this with. But David Alexander has trained LeBron. He's trained Dwayne Wade. He's trained Chris Paul. He's a G. I'm not saying that there's no there there. I'm just saying this isn't the first time we've heard this conversation about LeBron. But at the end of the day, Steroids are no steroids. He's still better than you, and he's still better
5: than anybody in the, the NBA. But he's getting, but he's but getting older. But he's getting older, and to stay on the, the top, that, Adam, right. if there's yeah. if there's little cheating that you don't see, sure. that, the stuff that like Tom was talking about, like we don't know. But I mean, to stay on top of your game and going up, about yeah. what you said, chi- like the amount of money, sponsors, and China I is have involved. A whole different thing. I, what's can your, can what's I say th-
2: one thing? And yeah, I'll, I'll turn Let's, it over to you. In basketball. Okay, I played basketball. Being big and strong and bulky is not great for athleticism. You want to kind of be long and lean and in shape and have a little bit of muscle. Yeah,
1: but that's now, not, that's when, that's when not it comes what. To Neither was Lance Armstrong. You're not doing it to be a bodybuilder. It's all because of speedy recovery Okay, is right. what it's for. Lance Armstrong, have you ever seen Lance? Can you put Lance Armstrong's body when, when he, he was, was cycling? Oh my it's God, not pain? about. <laughs> it was it's got nothing to do with. It's about. The fact that he's 39 years old, playing at the level that he's playing. How many
5: games uh, in the season, Pat?
1: He plays about 70 to 75. 80. That's games, a lot. So he's of not games. an 82, 82 guy. Yeah. No, I'm just saying he 82 doesn't games. play 82. But yeah. Th-
2: where I was going with it, because yeah. when I think of steroids, I think of everything that we've discussed in the bodybuilding
1: yeah, world. Yeah, that's not yeah. steroids. Let's okay, so I
2: literally, I've never no no. Steroids. That's not, no
1: okay, for example, like you know how Joe Rogan says, "Hey, uh, Rock, why don't you just come out and say you're on steroids, right? Yeah. You're taking stuff." Yeah, it's like a little bit like, "What are you doing?" We like, know. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's obvious. The people that have taken, they're like, "No, you're on something." It's yeah, Very know. obvious. It's yeah. cool. It's okay. Here's my position with it. Yeah. Okay, you know how uh, back in the days it was kind of like such and such smokes weed. Oh my God, smokes weed, smoke, <laughs> sweet. <It's a> smoke <laughs> yeah. he smokes weed. And now it's like what such and such smokes weed. Okay, what do you want me to do, bro? Like <laughs> yeah. you have a life. He smokes weed. Okay. <laughs> They need to get over this fact that these guys are doing, like, they need to legalize it already in sports. Stop it. Like, absolutely stop it. What do you mean, legalize it? You're saying that, yes, they need to legalize, you know, guys that are playing sports, that are, you know, putting their bodies through being hit, running nonstop. Yes. They need to take certain things that others are not going to take, like a formula race car driver that's going 220 miles an hour. What do you think they're on to be able to handle that two and a half hours of whatever they're doing? Their body's a different body. They're drinking vault for sure. Adderall. No. They take Adderall. They take Adderall. Okay. So for me, yeah, do I think LeBron's on things? Yes. Why? Everybody that's ever been close to LeBron has said how shitty of a diet he has. He eats cookies. He eats everything. You know, when people eat everything shitty and they still look good, there's a reason for it. You can't get away with eating shitty things. Uh, yeah, you could get away with it in your early 20s. You can't get away with it in your 30s, 35, 38, 39. Body changes a little bit. And oh, hey, LeBron, let me tell you, he's always eating cookies. He's always eating ice cream. He's always eating this. And you look like that, you know, fine. There's a part that you say genetics. The other part of it is maybe sometimes you're taking with your body. All I'm saying is I don't have a problem with athletes taking it. I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. They're athletes. They're playing a different game. They're taking a different risk race car drivers put different kind of fuel in their cars. You don't put that in your car. I drive a 93 octane, whatever I put in my car. You put an 89 or an 87. Oh my God, did you know Formula 1? What kind of octane do they use in in, in F1 or NASCAR? They're exotic.
6: They're like 115.
1: Oh my God, they're cheating. They have to put 115 octane in those cars. They're they're, they're risking their lives driving. You're worried about this guy putting steroids on his body. You should be worried about other things. Most of these guys, after they're done playing, you see how they walk when they're 60 years old you know they're, they're walking a certain way <laughs> oh, with their man. legs and their knees yeah. trust me they're going to be having a lot of issues later on so i don't have a problem it being across the board that you're doing it just like they're trying to make you know weed legal in certain things i i don't see it being an issue but if it does come out today and you're using it while it's illegal guess what you broke the rules, yep. you broke the law. Mm, yeah. But later on, they need to kind of transition into making it illegal forever.
5: Have a league that's just all like steroid, whatever. But it
1: already is, anyways. It's yeah, not huh, like huh. you have a league. By uh, the way,
5: what
3: percent of NBA players do you think right now are taking illegal substances?
5: Uh, like
1: enhanced, like, I would say like 80% up, smoke
5: weed. A, yeah. uh,
1: 80% okay. smoke weed. Are you saying weed or are you saying PED? Like things that.
3: Anything, any substance that they're not supposed to do. Uh,
1: well, would weed. Think, uh, would you consider I, weed being one sure. of them or no? Marijuana is definitely up there. They're definitely smoking weed. I don't for think you're putting weed. No, not for
3: performance. Okay, so you're enhancing. purely
1: talking performance
3: yeah, enhancement drugs. Yeah, yeah, okay. How many? What percentage of NBA players? I would do say
1: you 20%. Think? I was gonna say 35,
3: maybe
5: 30, 35. That that's so. Now ask the radar. me about are. NFL. NFL. For, uh, what, <laughs> ask what's me NFL? About NFL? What?
1: 70? 80%? I was gonna say. But by the way, guess what? You do you see what they're doing? Like how you fast are they? Oh yeah. What do you What do you, you You know how easy the average person they they tackle you, helmet to helmet, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it should be mandatory. Yeah. Mandatory P.E. Yeah. to
5: be in the
2: NFL. Yeah, it's isn't that an argument against maybe not doing steroids in the NFL? I mean, these guys are. Yeah, but what they do to their bodies Yeah, but is recovery. I mean, they. Need, but he
5: made a great point. To, listen, to play in an NFL game and the recovery in one week. Think about it. In one week after you're having these giants hit you, I think it should be a no-brainer. They need the, the stuff. We've seen faster. a case study
6: on this. You saw a little case study on this, and it's called Major League Baseball. Pat and I followed yep. it. Major League Baseball had an era where their their testing equipment was so bad, and their testing frequency was so bad, and your ability to travel every six days from place to place and to avoid testing was so good that you had literally— Baseball was powered by steroids. We all knew it was. It was the era of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and Kevin Brown, the pitcher. And there were pitchers using it. Why did pitchers use it? They used it for one reason: recovery. Lance Armstrong, he was focused on EPO, EPO, and recovery. EPO, oxygen and transport. Every That's other cyclist
1: was using 100%. it. They but were They weren't big it. enough so, that you know right. they. Even with the same thing that he was using, they couldn't beat him. Yeah, But he lost his legacy with the whole thing. But every, was, every time people see him right now, they no longer say – You're the steroid guy. Correct. Remember yeah. the Live strong, the, yeah. the no. yellow wristband? I
3: understand your point that if it's so prevalent, make it legal. I don't know whether I agree with that or not. You guys probably have more opinions on sports than I do. But I don't think that the viewership of these professional leagues would accept it as easily, obviously, as the players and trainers. Because one of the – fun parts of watching sports is watching human beings who are so much better than we are Playing this athletic competition and it just feels like cheating. It feels well, like, oh, are you actually doing that, or are you only doing that because you have access to certain types of drugs that make you mm-hmm. do it?
2: You bring up a great I point. I don't know if people, if, would,
3: I don't know if people would accept that because think about how disappointed and devastated it wasn't just a media hit job against Lance Armstrong. People were mm-hmm. kind of disappointed because when you are a fan of sports, these players are your idols. You're like, if only you could live up to this. Kids want to be them, and then it's like, well, are you even real? It becomes like.
2: Mm-hmm. You bring up a great point because it's all optics. Like, for instance, yeah. I was like, oh, it makes you bigger and stronger and you're a muscle head, steroids. It's like, no, it's actually somewhat used for recovery. Oh, I, I genuinely didn't know that because I'm not actively playing any major sports. So if they fit, cause the, the if I don't know that, think about the common fan. They're just like, he's on steroids. Oh, my God. It's elite. it's like, no, it's actually I sprained my ankle and I want to recover sooner. So there's, there's, a, there's a part to what you're saying that is so valid because – what is, the, what is the fan going to think? How is this going to taint it? Use the baseball analogy. We all remember what happened with Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. I think it's an absolute shame that arguably the greatest base player of all time, not named Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, is not in the Hall of Fame because he used steroids. But everyone in the league was using steroids at that time. We all know that the, I think it was under the Bush administration, they were having court hearings Week long, month long, year long investigations into steroids during the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. It's like get your priorities straight. Like would you, and
3: would Rafael Pomero
6: went in there. Any?
7: Yeah.
3: Would you guys be disappointed if you found out that Michael Jordan had a bionic leg? Like, would that disappoint you?
6: There's,
2: There's
5: nothing yeah. that's going to disappoint me about Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, did you see Air? Leg? Like, it's something that it's not.
2: It's, yeah, like, like
3: it's, you, it's metal graphite that, he,
5: that it wasn't. He's not 100. Human, basically. Yeah, would, you, a, would you be, be a, disappointed
3: if you found out that, like, all the he, he jumped so high and jumped so, 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 so much is so, because so he wasn't fully, like, there's human. a
1: couple of th- different things here. You, you, you I know, feel like that's
3: how people would view it.
1: No, I, I, I don't know about that because to me, uh, how many people in the world have a six pack? How many people in America have a six pack? Can you Google that, Robert? Me and Tom for, and Tom for sure. Google <laughs> what percentage of Americans have a six pack? Can you do that? And, and Pat, I'm actually really. Yeah. You'll see what point I'm making here right now. What percentage of Americans have a six pack? I'm going okay. with two
2: percent. No okay. way. It has to
3: I wonder be, if they have this statistic. Let's go eight. percent They should have
1: it. So there it is. What 8%. is it? Number of Americans with six packs: one, in, one 25. in twenty-five thousand. Okay. That's, I don't know if it's that high, but go see if the, the go see if there's another study on that. <laughs> uh, uh, six pack of what beer. What percentage <laughs> is it easier to have, be a millionaire or six pack? There's an article that says it's easier to be a millionaire than to have a six pack. Okay. That's bananas. But here's the point. Okay. Can anybody have a six-pack?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Of course can anybody have a six-pack. So we don't look at these athletes and say they're doing things that we can't do. No, no. They're doing things that we don't want to do. Okay? So that's one thing we respect them for because they're more disciplined to take care of their health. I respect the fact that LeBron uh, is playing at 38, 39 years old with his body. There's a lot of guys that let their bodies go. Carmelo Anthony could have taken care of his body they came at the same time but Carmelo Anthony wasn't as disciplined with his body you know there was Antoine Walker who was at one point an all-star doing great things I sat down and talked to the guy when we sat down and talked to him I'm like Antoine how did you become 400 pounds he was 400 pounds when I sat him at a cigar lounge in Chicago because it's hard to take care of your health. So there's an element that we automatically think that these guys have God-given abilities, and that's the only reason why they do what they do. It requires a lot more than just that. Yes, some people have it. But, for example, you know, Michael Jordan versus Vince Carter. Vince Carter's a better dunker than Michael Jordan. How come Michael Jordan ended up becoming a, you know, who he became and Vince Carter didn't? Well, this is not easy. It's way more than just the physical side. It's the mental side. It's the discipline to go to the gym. That is why we respect them. I don't think we respect them to say, well, that guy's taking stuff and I'm not. Uh, uh, I think that's a different element, but for me, the average person also, the same way the average person doesn't understand what an entrepreneur goes through when they start a company, and then they want to demonize the founder that started a company or the capitalist, like, yeah, look at him, he's got all this money, he goes to the nice restaurants, lives in the house, and thada. yeah, bro, did you, you work 100 hours a week for 20 years, Doc, why don't you go do it, because you can do it too? You can work 100 hours a week. You can go out there and read books instead of watching every damn Netflix show. The last time I watched, the only series I've ever watched on my TV on Netflix House is cards? House of Cards. <laughs> and I watched Lasso because Greg Sher told me Lasso reminds him of you. Hilarious. So I had to watch Ted Lasso a couple episodes to see it. But, yes, I think it's very, uh, I think the audience is not going to change. I think for me it's purely recovery. And we have to understand that these guys' lives is a different lives than the ones we're living. Not saying they don't have a great life. They have a great life, but it's very hard to do what they
5: and do. Pat, and Pat, and you made a great point about Lance and how all these other guys are taking the same type of uh, procedure that Lance was. But you know, people quickly forgot that his Live strong, that bracelet cancer yeah. thing, he raised over $500 million for cancer research, treatment, and support, put $6.5 million of his own money. And it's just funny how he gets caught and they vilify him and they're like, "The hell Done. with him. He saved... Yeah. Millions you of know what he
1: does today, he's a podcaster.
5: He's a
4: podcaster.
7: <laughs> yeah, you exactly. know they made him
4: step down. He resigned he from Strong yeah. after the allegations. Yeah, came out. But,
5: but nobody cares about the five hundred million over five. Why don't we talk Very about something 20.
1: important like sending a birdcage to a friend oh as a gift? God. Let's talk about something like so that. Cool. So Nikki Haley says Trump campaign sent her <laughs> birdcage after he called her birdbrain. He's brilliant, okay? dude. Bird brain. So you know, <laughs> let's see what let's see what Liz has got to say about this one here. Liz, I'm really curious to hear your take oh on this God. one. Okay, so a uh, uh, former comedian and President Donald Trump. No, nah, that's not the headline. But Nikki Haley draws insults from Trump and a uh, sign she is gaining ground in Republican presidential race. Former President Trump launched the entire thing, calling about, you know, ber- bird brain and declaring MAGA or I will never go. Bird brain Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley gained recognition for impressive performance in a recent Republican debate, earning praise for her rhetorical prowess. <laughs> a post-debate poll conducted by uh, 538 shows that 62% of respondents rated her performance positively, signaling a notable boost in her standing with GOP. Right. So, one, what do you think about the gift President Trump sent her? And then, two, do you really you think that she's becoming more and more formidable or it's just a season here? What are your thoughts?
3: Well, I don't doubt – she she put a picture up on social media of the of the birdcage and the bird seed. I don't doubt that she – yeah, there it is. I don't doubt that she received that at her door. I'm a little skeptical that it came from the Trump campaign. I think someone who did it just for a gag and signed the Trump campaign because they knew that it would get the – Attention that it gets. I'm not sure that that's funny enough that the Trump campaign would actually do it. I I, he's never done anything like that. And Nikki, uh, he's not worried about Nikki Haley.
5: He's not worried, but but you know what? I but hold on. I wish I was there. If it is true, if he was like, you know what? Said to the said, and hey, bird food too. But yo, but you know what? I saw that pen. I thought if it is true, hands down, what a gamer. He doesn't give a damn if you're male, female, young, old, cute, ugly. If it's a competition, if that's true, he doesn't give two shits. He's going after your ass. And if that is him, that is one of the funniest things, Pat, because I know he's trying to like, that's like go, trying to go after like her brain. That guy's <laughs> hilarious, bro. He's a comedian. I mean, I w- it's
3: funny. I just, I don't know. I am very skeptical that it came from the Trump campaign. I think it came so from fun. some Trump. She makes Trump a good, great border. point, by
1: the way. You never know. Oh. Can you confirm this? Because I don't see anywhere that Trump's camp confirmed sending no. the birdcage. Uh,
3: you heard what he said after Chris Christie. You saw the Chris Christie Donald Duck, like just yeah. like, cringiest yeah. insult. And Trump's response to that was hilarious. He said, mm-hmm. anybody who comes up with an insult like that isn't fit to be president. <laughs> <laughs>
6: mm-hmm. and it goes back, is... right back. At, well, you know, beyond all the merriment here, beyond all the merriment, <laughs> and there's a couple of charts you have here. Um, it's very, very interesting stuff. So national polls and national headlines Right now, they don't matter. Here's what matter: What are the people of Iowa and New Hampshire really thinking, and are those polls moving? Because that's where the spring points are going to be. Right now, the national polls, yeah, oh the, my God. they illustrate a little bit, but good. the national polls are not what's there. Take me to New Hampshire. That's Iowa. Let's go to New Hampshire. Take a look at that little red line in the lower right corner. She's Dude, look coming at up.
1: DeSantis' is green.
6: Ugh.
3: He's not afraid of Nikki Haley. Who's There's in red, red, red right line. there? You Is that Nikki right. Haley? So, yeah. so, Haley's
6: Haley's so basically, I look at it this oh like my this. God. Um, what if all this legal stuff does take Donald Trump out of the campaign? I don't think it will. But if it does, there is a second game that's being played down there. You see what that is? And that is called win the New Hampshire primary. And you're going to win more support. Now let's go to Iowa. Look at Nikki Haley. Boy, what a shot there. Now in Iowa, look who's number three. Nikki Haley. Now 8.8. Clearly above Ramaswamy now. So what is happening is in the polls that matter – is where we're going to be voting in these. And it's not a fair game. Iowa and New Hampshire are going to be springboards of contributions and support and everything. But I look at it, and Nikki Haley is running a really good campaign, Mm -hmm. and she is now honestly number two in these states and gaining momentum Bit by bit, including these headlines that may or may not be true about Bernie. I still still think he did it, Tom. You know why I think he
5: did it? Because there's a clip of him speaking a couple days ago, Pat, where uh, I think Rob has it. I don't know if you saw this, Liz, where he's talking about how they're trying to be environmentally safe. And he said while he was uh, president, somebody came to him from the uh, uh, DOD, and they were like, sir, we have a new fighter jet that we want. It's environmentally friendly. And he goes, who gives a damn if it's fine? We're dropping bombs and shooting people. Who gives a damn, Rob? Do you have that? So I that's why supposed to scrap the. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. Listen to this.
1: I think there's music, though. Is there music, Rob? Oh,
5: yeah, uh, damn! Man. It. But it is uh, hilarious. If you haven't seen that clip, that's why he's a he's comedian. He's wrong. Yeah, he's he's 100% <laughs> telling the truth. So I was like, with that type of humor, I wouldn't see him. I wouldn't put a pass on Pat mm-hmm. that he sent this. Here's he what i want this.
1: to know who actually said that. We're making jets that are environmentally friendly.
5: Well, they want to make. Who? They they suggested making one that is environmentally what friendly. What part of war is right? environmentally you friendly? Tell me. That's that's the irony. Oh my God! Like and that's that I'm pretty but Pat, you know the department of the, the DOD is probably for sure going, Listen, some woke guy like, let's make a jet that you know is mm-hmm. and he's like, Are you we're dropping bombs on these people?
1: Who gives a shit about the environment of hey, Gino, we're gonna kill your yeah. brother. But well, you know what, we got him a life insurance policy
3: <laughs> wait, first. I, mean, wait, I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't put this past the DOD though. Did you I would, that I would argue that week?
6: blowing people up is a form of recycling. <laughs> <laughs> but back that's to so
2: back to dumb. Nikki Haley, we were at the RNC debates uh I don't know, four days ago, a week ago, whenever that was, uh, in Simi Valley, California. I thought she performed very well. I thought she was the winner of the debate. I I had her first. DeSantis was kind of up there. You saw that in a national poll, I know that we're not crediting national polls, that she's actually the one person in the race who would significantly beat Biden. Not Trump, not DeSantis, Nikki Haley. So what we do know is he actually did Call her bird brain. That's not like big yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he tweeted did. it, and huh. you know, if we trust modern journalism today, journalist Mark Caputo confirmed oh. the birdcage was sent by the Trump campaign. But to me, that's irrelevant. Whether he sent it or didn't send it, <laughs> to me is the fact that he said it. We all know that his jokes and his his slurs. you. Well, you have the clip. You have the clip with no music. Hold on, Vin. Oh my bad. The 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 <laughs> the deeper thing here, and I have mixed feelings on Trump, and i have I love him slowly coming around to at least understanding where he's at. Because I do think there is a – two things can be true at once. I do think the media, the deep state, the matrix, there is an agenda to bring this man down. I don't think that's deniable at this point. Yeah. Actually. And at first, it was Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, it turns out ah, it's actually some fake news going
5: on. Yeah, some. But at the
2: same time, he could also be sort of a reckless, wrecking ball, narcissistic – as many people call him, man child. Two things can be true 100%. at once. Yeah. Okay. Just because you're this way doesn't mean that the media or the deep state should attack you. So I understand why he has vengeance and he's vindictive and he's essentially seeking retribution for whatever wrongdoing he sees, but more importantly, the wrongdoing that he's um, fighting for in the Republican base. Totally understand that. My question is this. So I don't know if you saw what his former chief of staff, his longest standing chief of staff, General John Kelly, came out with this weekend, a scathing rebuke. My question is this. Nikki Haley, bird brain, he selected her to be the ambassador of the the UN. Mm -hmm. Why would you select a bird brain to represent your country? You selected Mike Pence to be your vice president. Why would you select someone that is disloyal and doesn't have your back? to be your BP. He selected Bill Burr. He selected Mike Pompeo. He selected Chris Christie to be the person that would train him. He selected Scaramucci to be, my only question, this isn't a statement, my only question is why are all the closest people that he's selected now his biggest detractors? And that's something that he
5: needs to address my
2: opinion
3: well, well
5: i mean he came go ahead, Liz, go
3: i ahead. actually agree with that i think that trump was a very good president for three years i don't think he handled covid very well in his fourth year but i think one of his shortcomings was um how he always ended contentiously with various staff members i don't think that that's a very positive commentary on him mm-hmm. i will say i thought nikki haley was a fantastic ambassador to the un she did a really really good yeah, job I there Um, I don't think that the Republican electorate is going to like her, regardless of whether Trump is running or not, because the vast majority of the Republican electorate right now is against Mm. the war in Ukraine and against sending more U.S. money to Ukraine. Mm. And Nikki Haley never met a war she didn't like. She's kind of (laughs) she's kind of this generation's neocon. And I don't think that that's a good match. And she's very outspoken about it, too. So I think that there's a pretty big mismatch. I think she'd have a hard time, even if Trump were out of the Mm -hmm. picture, which I don't think he will be. But I think she'd have a hard time. Winning support from Republicans who, especially the Republicans who understand that sending so much, so many U.S. dollars to Ukraine is devaluing our dollar, which is increasing inflation, which is going to cause the rest of the world to, you know, discard the U.S. dollar, which is going to lose us our economic power in the world, which is really our biggest strength. I mean, there's an existential threat to our country that's happening. In Ukraine, and it's not just the actual battles that are being fought there; it's the policy, and she's in support of it. Yeah, Well, Liz, I don't
6: disagree with the quant that you just made there. That's a that's a very good quant. But when you look at it, the voters are going to go with the choices they have, and it's all the choices that are on the ballot, and she's on the ballot versus these other choices, and that's 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 the plate plate of fruit to pick from. And so you you look at it right now; she's shining, and she's showing. You know, demonstrable. And by the way, I'm not I'm not voting yet, so I'm not lobbying here. I'm saying objectively, polls are showing in key states and on national reaction polls that Adam was talking about, that she is reflecting well against the other alternatives. And I think what you may be if you you may be saying differently or or what may be behind your point, which I would support, is that um, the truth of what America really feels on a broad scale, there's not really the choice that they would overwhelmingly go for based on their absolute proven and defined views.
3: Can I ask? No, Vinny
2: that's a story? Not- Can I ask Vinny a question? A story, can, I a can, question, yeah. question. You can
7: tell great stories.
2: It's purely out of genuine curiosity. I love the exchange you had with Steve Schmidt last week. Shout out to you. That clip went viral. You you did your thing. You know, part of um what gave you credence and credibility was like, look, I served in the frickin' military. Yeah, I was there, I yeah. wore the uniform, I was in the Air Force. Yeah. You know, then there's this whole conversation about Trump versus the generals, right? Whether it's General Milley, General Kelly, um, who was his first uh, general that uh, Matt Cepala interviewed, I forget, Mattis, yeah. Mad Dog Mattis. A lot of these guys are finding issue with Trump. So I'm just gonna read the words, and I wanna get your thoughts. Ke- this is Kelly, General Kelly, his chief of staff. Yeah. Basically, saying my issue with him was that he thought that all wounded soldiers were suckers. He did not want to be seen in any sort of parade with them. He didn't want them around. And
5: this is a guy. This is the general saying. This is hearsay. This is. Well, this, is this it, if I mean, is it proof that is? I. I. Because again, he, Adam, I always said, want proof. I always want proof. He said okay. it. Wait. Wait. I want to see or hear me, where he actually said question. it. That's where I'm gonna to go to. Okay. Okay, because I know where you're going. We right? un, we know what
2: he said about yeah. McCain being captured. If you want the proof, we no, can no. roll the tape. No, I I right? heard
5: that. Exactly. He's not per- Yeah, he's not by the so, way, he, he's not Jesus Christ, Adam. I'm this not, guy's not I'm Jesus not Christ. Asking. What's your question, yeah. Adam? I, What's the question? <laughs> I'm just asking as a
2: former military member. Yeah. If these are true, yeah. does this not give you some sort of pause?
5: If if it if, if it is true, there's true. Of course, it would it would it would bother somebody, mind you. He, what he said about McCain, not the coolest thing. When 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 blows come the blow, bro. This guy, like I said, gamer and doesn't like anybody betraying him or anybody talking shit. And going back to your initial point, when you talked about uh, who, who was it Pompeo, all the who, who was all his Bill, ba- Bill Barr, all these people. What are the choice that Trump have? He's coming in. He wanted to run independent, couldn't. Had to become Republican. Now once you're in, you want, You didn't even really think that you were going to win. Now you're in. Does he really have a choice, Liz, on who he picks as all these people? Meaning he doesn't. They, they, they were telling him, Mike Pence is probably going to be your best choice. This person, the generals, you don't have no choice. They're, they're already appointed. All these other people in his circle, Adam, <coughs> he had to have them. And then guess what? Gradually throughout time, you know, people's true colors show. Nikki Haley, maybe, yeah, he liked her at the beginning. But then she turns on him. And his attitude changes. What, I'll, what?
1: I'll say something here to that. move what on. What do you, to mean? The next, don't you Guys, know? we got 27 yeah, minutes. Yeah. I got max seven call. I don't. I can't go over it today. Today's Tuesday, so a couple things I will say. One, I I don't I don't know if I would say bird brain after this podcast after this uh, debate. Why? Complete different reason. When you're choosing VP, you need the other people to think that she could be a possible candidate to be a VP. As a president, you have to be unpredictable when it comes onto to your VP. Why are you already undermining? It automatically tells everybody that's not the VP. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Strategically, it doesn't make any sense. There's no reason to say something like this with bird brain. Just leave it alone yeah. okay? to make a comment like that. I think for me, it's more coming from the strategy standpoint. You're giving too much up by every time somebody's doing good on the GOP debate. You know what he is saying to everybody? What he's saying to everybody is the fact that his VP is not on that stage. That's what he's saying. So the VP is now, so is it going to be Christie? Is that who you're going to go after? And maybe you're not going to take Pence because it's like you lost Indiana anyway. So what was the purpose of getting Pence? Maybe you got the Christian voter, but you lost Indiana. So you figure Christie's like, well, oh, you're trying to win Dakota? Well, no, it doesn't matter anyway. So he's giving too much of his hand, which is not of him when it comes down to this. That's the only thing I would say. Second thing is you said something very offensive on who he fired. You said he fired Bill Burr. He never fired Bill Burr. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Barr. (laughs) I want to make sure we clarify that's very offensive when you go after a comedian like that because I love the guy. It was Bill Barr. You're right. He fired. Bill Burr would never be fired under Trump. It just wouldn't happen. I could see
2: Bill Burr and the comedian Don Rickles, aka Uh, Don Trump, uh, going on tour
1: together. So, anyways, let's go to the next one. Liz, you went after Tristan Tate uh, August Uh 8th, a month ago, two months ago. You said the following. Liz Wheeler claims Tristan Tate teaching young men how to deceive women and take their virginity. Uh, A conservative political commentator, this girl named Liz Wheeler, Liz, I think you would like this lady, and podcast host recently criticized Tristan Tate, brother of Andrew Tate, allegedly promoting deceptive tactics towards women, Wheeler shared a video. Where Tate discussed dating and said, Tristan Tate teaches young men how to lie to innocent women to take their virginity. I'll do two or three virgins per year. I'll teach you how. Jordan Peterson even responded and supported you. Saying, for advocating family values and discipline, join the criticism by sharing Wheeler's tweet and warning about the potential consequences of weak men. Influenced by Tate's advice, Peterson wrote, if you think strong men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. Sincerely. Someone a while ago. If you want to play the clip, I don't know if you have the video or not, yeah, or is it just a tweet? Video?
3: No, and I put the video on the tweet.
1: It, okay, so go back to that tweet and see if it go. Go click just on there. The- you go.
3: Yeah, listen to this. All
1: right, let's watch this and then let's get your take and then we'll give our feedback here.
3: in
4: like me and meet the women who I meet and roll in the circles I meet, you meet beautiful virgins sometimes. Me. I'll do two or three virgins a year. Now, how do you date a virgin when you're a when you're an ice cold player? There is a tactic which I'm going to share with you on how to date a virgin and how to take a girl's virginity. Now, the recipe hasn't changed, but the tactics and the implementation has certainly changed. Be their boyfriend for three months and be in a nice relationship with them. That is the recipe. I'm sorry guys. You want to run into a virgin and fuck her the next day? Don't ask me how. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I don't even think it's possible.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: You have to be their boyfriend for an extended period of time. You then have to take her virginity on the second month anniversary or something along those lines. And I'm going to teach you how to do it while still being You can pause it pla- here. You can pause
1: it here. So you got me. it's a two-minute video. Commentary. Thoughts on this? Why you have a problem with
4: this?
3: Well, I mean, the words that he used make it pretty clear. He said, I'm going to teach you a strategy. I'm going to teach you a tactic, how to manipulate a girl into sleeping with her, to deceive her into thinking that she is loved by me in order to exploit her, objectify her, and have sex with her. That's pretty disgusting, I think, by anybody's standards. Adam? I think one more comment I will make. The, The reason that I criticize him specifically or that I've criticized Andrew Tate is because at one point, Andrew Tate was the most Googled man in the world. He's incredibly influential among young men. And the reason, it's very interesting why he's influential, because he accurately diagnoses a serious cultural problem in the West. He accurately notes that masculinity is under assault, that men are told that they're toxic and bad. And he actually, to his credit, has the courage to say, I'm going to push back against this. I'm going to tell men to be men. The problem is that once he accurately diagnoses the problem, his antidote, what he prescribed, is self-destructive. He doesn't actually teach young men how to be good strong men he instead leads them towards pornography and materialism and exploitation of women and worship of self so i think that makes him more dangerous because he does accurately diagnose a problem but then his prescription for it is to lead young men astray
2: so is your biggest issue with andrew and Tristan in that virgin video or is there a sort of a symptom of a larger problem that you that you have with them
7: overall
3: i mean it, that video is an example of the point that i make when people say that andrew and tristan tate are good role models for young men. I don't think that's a good role model for young men to learn how to manipulate and lie and deceive women into having sex. I actually
2: want to address that, but I just actually want to understand your perspective. Genuinely. Do you think that the Tate brothers for men specifically are a positive net value, positive net role model or negative?
3: Negative. I think they lead young men towards self-destruction.
2: Okay. So you think that the words that they're saying, not the little clips, but their overall message is bad for men, not good.
3: Yes, because what are they telling men? They're telling men, you're attacked, you're a victim, and that resonates with men because that is a valid grievance, especially in especially in American culture. That's why they've become so popular here. They were popular in Europe and in Britain, but they're so popular here the last couple of years because there is a war on masculinity. So, Young men are feminized, and it's a powerful thing when you take a valid grievance and then tell someone that the solution to that grievance is something that actually harms them so i actually think they're more self-destructive than some people on the left because they're playing on a valid problem and prescribing something that's harmful to so young men just
2: to be clear what do you think that their prescription is for men
3: pornography materialism exploitation of women and worship of self
2: that's what you think their message is to men
3: that is what they you can read all of their stuff list all their stuff I've. i've extensively listened to all of their advice for young men and they literally say if you are not extremely wealthy you are not a real man money is the most valuable thing like money's great we're all trying to make a living here we're all trying to make money but it is not the most valuable thing that is a that is a message of materialism they've run pornography business that's how they got rich that's how they got famous Mm -hmm. they pretend to back away from it now just to avoid criticism but it's really just because they don't need to do that anymore they, they constantly are talking about how to be a top G and how mm-hmm. to manipulate women. I think that's an incredibly destructive message. Do you think that's positive for young men?
2: Uh, a lot of it I do, and I'll tell you why.
3: That video. Do you think that video is?
2: No, I'll address that video. But what he, what's interesting is he actually had a nuanced approach. said, you need to date them to three months.
7: But how dece- many women are going to date a guy
2: for three months? that they are not interested in, that is not there for them, that is not providing for them, that is not protecting from them, that isn't there for them. You don't just slip in and fall into a virgin. I totally understand that. Is You actually need to date these women. So at that point, the it's the woman's decision. So my question to you is, how you, many you don't men, think that's
3: deceptive? Like He's deceiving them. He doesn't actually care about them. He's doing things that, to make them think that he cares about them.
2: You know what? Welcome to modern day dating, baby. Like This is what happens out there. Men do this with women. Women do this with men. And you don't think men, that's destructive? I harmful? think it is what it is. Whether it's destructive or not is your well, opinion.
3: Do you think it is? I'm interested in your opinion. Do you think that that's a harmful dating dynamic?
2: I don't think that that is my objective to dating. Going out there and taking virginities. That's not my Why? thing. Why? But going out and dating multiple women, I've done that. Forever.
3: But do you think it's an honest but thing to I do? Don't for a man man of the I don't want to focus on the virginity. I want to
2: focus on the bigger message women. here. No, you're missing the point, Liz. What percentage of men are millionaires in the world?
3: I don't think that's the point. The point is now, what they're I'm telling young you men I'm asking you a
2: question, Miss Liz Wheeler, because I respect your opinion. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're educated. What percentage <laughs> of men are millionaires?
3: I don't know. Take a guess. You're smart. I have no idea. You have zero. I'll Google it.
2: Fine. Okay. Tell <laughs>
3: me the answer if you want the answer. I'm a interested percent, in your point.
2: Eight percent of men. Let's say what percentage of men are six foot with six packs? We just did this earlier.
5: I mean, I'm not six foot, but. Okay. <laughs> what percentage? I got a six pack. All right. I don't even know. What the six While f- you're googling this,
2: millionaire, yeah, I'm googling it I'm millionaire, in this. six foot, abs in shape. Actually, a man who is good-looking, fit, takes care of his person, a man who can provide, protect, be present for his woman. These to become the top G, Liz.
3: What does do top you know, G mean? What does that mean to you?
2: A fucking top gangster, like a top <laughs> but, G. But what does that mean? A top, like a top male, a high-value male. Basically, what you're saying. What do you love about your husband? Go ahead. I me. love
3: that he is godly. I love that he is a man of virtue. I love that he is strong. I love that he is a man of integrity. I love that. He's How tall faithful. is your husband? Five ten.
2: He's 5'10. He probably served runs in up the US
3: Navy, five. worked so for border a, patrol. So hold on. He's, he's a stud. in a medical he's provider. I met your husband. We had lunch yeah, yeah. with him, right? Yeah. I did.
2: So let me get this straight. He's a tall, good looking, studly man who's done well for himself. Yes. Okay. Don't you think it's incumbent on most men to try to accomplish
3: that? To be materially successful. I didn't say that.
2: To be good looking, successful, leader, in shape, lead men. Don't you think that's important for men?
3: I think the number one most important thing for men to do is to try to be godly. Uh,
2: that's your opinion. It is, yes. Okay, that's your opinion. I'm answering a, your question, though. You're yes. asking my opinion. if okay. I think those I, things are uh,
3: important. I think the most important thing for a man to do is to be godly. I think to provide and protect so why don't for his you marry wife a and a his children. Why don't you priests marry a priest? Are, priests don't get married. Okay, well that's their
2: bet. But there are some pastors that do get married. So why don't you marry a pastor? If that's <laughs> but the, the most family important unit, thing. the marriage it's not a bad is idea a domestic. If priests
1: do start getting yeah.
3: married. Is the yes.
2: domestic They'll start diddling kids.
1: Take some okay. pressure off the altar, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you... I'm are... trying to see where you're going with this.
3: Okay. So yeah, I'm, you're, not, I'm not sure you a... going with this either. The
1: point is this. You're
2: you're lambasting this man for accomplishing what very few men can accomplish. The fact that wait he's second, made all this...
3: Repeat to me what I said. When you say I lambast him for what he's accomplished, I don't care how much money he has. What did I say my problem Why was? Why are you Andrew focused Kate? on the money? No, no, what, did okay. I, what did I say no, no. my problem was? Listen, you're Kate?
2: missing the entire point of my point. Tell me
3: what your point Why is.
2: Why do so many men... So many men, not just impressionable 13-year-olds, men, grown-ass motherfucking men, yeah. 40 years old, successful, good values, moral compass, strong leaders. Why do those men find him fascinating and resonate with him? Answer me that. Yes, I, do I will. Why do grown-ass men, not teenagers, actually love these guys? Let
3: me tell you why. Yes. And it's what I said before. Because Western they're all toxic culture- masculinity? Do you, okay, I mean you live sorry. in the United States of America? You yeah. understand that the most powerful politicians and the most powerful cultural influences, James Cameron, for goodness' sake, in Hollywood called. Testosterone, a toxin. <laughs> men are told that if they so much as pursue a woman or ask her on a date, that they are sexually harassing. Men right now aren't afforded due process of law when they face frivolous allegations of sexual misconduct that could be to the level of criminal conduct. Do you understand how vulnerable this makes young men? Yeah, so because I'm a man, inter- I
2: understand what it is. I know, so, that's what so I'm what I'm asking why men resonate me, with him.
3: Because of how powerfully men react to being attacked. And then you have Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate coming in and saying, I see you, and Mm -hmm. that attack that's happening against you is wrong. You don't have to face that. I'm going to give you the secret to avoiding that and to succeeding anyway, when everything from the education system Mm -hmm. to our legal system to our culture is telling men that they are worthless, that they are bad, that they're inherently rapists. I mean, it's bad what's happening to men. They come in and say, I have a solution so that you don't have to live that. That's more powerful than a drug, Adam. That's why men find Liz, it attractive.
2: you bring up a good point, but you've never been a man. So you're arguing with me, a grown ass man, and amongst other men, what it's like to be a man and what we're feeling. I can assure you this, my lovely friend, the number one thing that men are not taking from Andrew Tate is the, the matriarchy's coming against you, and you can't go out and talk to women. It's actually the exact opposite. It's, oh, you want warm women in your life? You want more success in your life? You want better cars, bigger things, bigger dreams, more beautiful women in your life? Follow these steps. Not, you're a victim. I understand you. I'll give you a hug. Let me show you how. It's, okay. what's going on. So so let's you introduce.
3: used one of Andrew Tate's words that he uses to describe the attack on masculinity about an hour ago on this show. That's how deeply Andrew Tate's message is in your own mind. I'm observing what's it. Word? What's the word? The Matrix. Okay. He's the one that made that word af- long after the movie become a staple in every young man man's vocabulary. The Matrix is after you. Here's how yeah. you avoid the Matrix. Here's how you're successful in spite of the Matrix. I'm not telling you how to feel. You how can feel you- however so, you want. So what's I'm your, observing what's your point? how young what's men react
1: because I said the word. Let's ask a different question here. Yeah. Let me because I'm still trying to figure out where. Okay, so Tom, question for you. That video right there with how to take three virginities per year. Uh, what do you think about it? As a father of two girls, would you want your daughters to watch that video?
6: Well, I'll, I'll speak as a person who once upon a time wasn't a father of, of two girls. Um, I see what they're doing, and they're, they're providing a prescription for basically men that are under attack in modern society, and I, I think it's, I think it's pretty horrifying. However, what's equally horrifying is there are – you know this is not one-sided. There are women that are living in this fallen world who do not have godly foundations, who are playing into it as well. So this is not this is not a zero game, um, but it's 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 indicative of a fallen world that lives without foundation that will be led to the most base of our animal instincts, and I think they're providing a very you know, intricate plan on how to play and roam and succeed in that construct. That's the construct of life we have. And you know what? I it's not my construct. And it's not a construct that I want my daughters mm-hmm. to buy into or be a part of. But it's a construct. But there's women that are playing into that without godly foundations as well. And That's the game. Okay, so let me
1: give my feedback, and then we can go to the next story. Number one, uh, I I don't know why he makes that video. I would never make a video like that to say how many virginities you take per year, et cetera, et cetera. If you date, uh, you know, uh, uh, and if you have a sister, your dynamics changes in the way you view the world, you know, because you're so protective of your sister. So in your mind, if you're afraid of God and you have the fear of God, you fear What you do to girls one day is going to come back and someone's going to do to your sister or they're going to do to your kids. So that fear of God is a very powerful thing to have. I had that since I was a kid. So it messed with me a lot because I had an older sister and I'm super protective. Now, um, for me, my daughters are going to watch that video. Smart. I'm going to have both of my girls watch that video when they get to an age. And I'm going to say, hey, check this out, girls. Here's a guy named Tristan. Okay. I've spent time with him. I actually like this guy. And by the way, if you're also not too careful, you will also like guys like this because they're out there, because they're charming, they're sexy, they're attractive, but their outcomes are different outcomes. So someone is going to try to take your virginity away from you, okay? You only get to say that once. God willing, it's your choice, and it's somebody you love that maybe leads to you getting married or you save yourself. That's a choice you got to make as an individual. And as a parent, you got to prepare them, okay? as a putting them in the right environment, God, all of those things you got to do yourself. So, one, they're watching that video to know exactly what some of the tactics may be. Number two, I think, you know, uh, uh, strategies out there, most men have no clue on how to date a girl. No clue on how to date a girl. Uh, there, there are strategies on how to date a co-worker. There are strategies on how to date, you know, areas, what markets to target. Heck, there was a documentary, Wedding Crashers, where you can go, you know, and target uh, funerals. If you remember, Will Ferrell yeah. rocked yeah. the funerals, right? That was his strategy. I watched strategy. that
2: documentary mobile. Many times. <laughs> some
1: lived it. Some yeah. watched it. But to, to, to you know, Neil, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Neil Strauss, Neil who wrote, Strauss the book, who uh, wrote the book, The One day Game. One Him and I yeah. were talking. I'm at Harvard. I'm talking to the guy in 2015. I said, Neil, I want to bring you on. I'll never forget what he said. He says, Pat, I don't want to talk about the book, The Game. I said, "Why?" He says, "Because because I'm actually married right now with kids. Mm-hmm. My life changed. I actually never wanted them. Now I'm embarrassed of writing that book. Some words he used, Good for right? Him. So, Good for him. but but here's the point. The point mm-hmm. is, he may be going through that phase one day, and he may say, "Good for him." For us to expect and look at Tristan and Andrew as their Jesus and they walk on water, that's not my standard of anybody. I learned a long time ago if you have that standard of anybody, you'll be disappointed very quickly. But the amount of influence that they're having out there on boys Mm -hmm. and what they're doing, if there isn't a father figure that's teaching those things, kids are going to gravitate to somebody like that that, that's going to inspire them. Mm -hmm. I think they're doing more good for society than bad, if you ask me. I think they're fighting the fight, and unfortunately, sometimes – The people that we want to fight to fight will never meet 100% of everybody's criterias. Never. The people who had the courage to go up against the biggest bullies of all time were never people you would have said, I like 100 things out of 100 things that this guy stands for. No, they're typically very, very complicated human beings that have lived very weird lives that have been tough lives, that they have some scars, they have some vengeance in them, but they're fearless. And to get that kind of fearlessness requires a pretty shitty life to live, to get to a point like that. Some people that have lived a very proper life, mom and dad were married the entire time, they were together, they were not grown in the streets. My parents got two divorces um, uh, from each other for 20 years. Certain lives are creating different kinds of human beings. I don't sit there and say, that is the gold standard on every single thing you should do with your life. I say, yeah, you know what? That's a pretty crazy video to make. You know what? If I was friends with you at that time, I would tell you, what are you doing making this video? Just take this thing down. It's not is- an
3: isolated incident. So yeah. here's what I hear that you're saying. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I hear you saying that the type of behavior that he was encouraging and training young men in, and this is the type of stuff that's behind their paywall if you join their hustler university or whatever they call it. So, you're saying that you would view that as a threat to your daughters because you're going to show them, show this video to your daughters in order to warn them about young men who would take advantage of them sexually by deceiving them into thinking that they're cared about.
1: I'm surrounded so, by players. I mean, I. But I, you
3: view that as a threat to your own children, which means that you don't view what Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate are bringing to young men as something positive because what they're doing is they're training other young men to behave like that. Yeah. They do have an incredible opportunity. I. I acknowledge what you're saying they came from a hard background and they've been financially successful yeah. i would argue that they were financially un- or financially successful for immoral reasons i mean they ran a pornography business that's not really something to be proud of it's not something that you want to inspire in other young men is to run only fans accounts mm-hmm. not give the girls the passwords manipulate them into staying in the house i mean that's not really a positive thing but if they if they if this is what they're teaching to young men then the next generation of young men who may not be as wise as you are and saying I don't put anybody on a pedestal. I don't view anyone as a savior. They do view these guys as a savior because it's the, people, voice, it's the only people It's the only people that are telling them like yes, you have a valid grievance with your masculinity being attacked. We're going to have a we're going to have a culture of young men in 10 years who are objectifying women, using them and if modifying have a their choice, bodies. If I, I don't have think a that's choi- good.
1: If I have a binary choice between the current educational system <laughs> that's getting people to go from traditional is 0.8% mm-hmm. than being part of the LGBTQ party, uh, community. We can say party or religion. Party or church, whatever. Church, whatever you want to call it. It's a party. And you got boomers is what? 2%. Then you got, you know, millennials is whatever. Then next one is when Then Gen Z's are 21%. Yeah. If that indoctrine is turning one out of five kids to be part of LGBTQ and these guys are not, I would much rather have them listen to this guy, just to be fair no, with that, you. Can I make one quick point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So You got 20 seconds. Everything's about you got 20 seconds because we got to move on. I got 15 minutes. I like some more stories. Evolving and getting
2: better. I would argue that that video was done many many years ago, and I think they have evolved. Their defense. Okay, so you read the game. I read the game. Most guys will want to read something like that to get more women. At some point, you're gonna evolve. I'll give one last thing. I started reading PBD's book over the week. Choose your enemies wisely. Okay, they have chosen their enemies very wisely, and in many cases, the enemies have chosen them, but. Pat, in the beginning of the book, talks about logic versus emotion. What is not good emotions is actually what these guys talk about, and it's the foundation of stoicism. What is not good emotion is being sensitive, illogical, weak-minded, impulsive, irrational, and just being a pussy. But what is good emotion is having passion stoicism being hyper obsessed with what you want to accomplish being relentless being powerful and having purpose and i would argue that the tates try to bring out those types of emotions the good emotions in men
1: okay good let's go to the next story here all right so which one do we want to go to with the time that we have left do we want to do newsome twenty dollars an hour do we want to do DeSantis, bill maher do we want to do gates uh, McCarthy? Do we want to do shocking number of Europeans on a number of times to fly? Do we want to do Kelsey? Ta- Taylor Swift, which What's one do you want to do? Taylor
5: Swift? I mean, we have, we
1: me have which the one conservative, conservative
5: Taylor Swift sitting right here. I mean, I, have, I, have, I, have, I got something something funny with Taylor Swift. And okay, Odor so let's Kamal go to Taylor Bowman. Swift. Here we go. Uh,
1: uh, okay, then that's what we'll do. We'll do Taylor Swift and we'll do the Bowman guy. All right. So Taylor Swift yeah. has the NFL on notice as her economic dominance spreads, okay? Page so <clears throat> page eight. Um, so, Taylor Swift has transcended her role as a megastar and emerged as an economic powerhouse. Her, uh, uh, I'm sorry, you, you want to read this part? Uh, you want to e- read e- this for e- page? page eight? Yeah, I think it's important for you to read this part. I love the reading The article Pat. because you, you speak. <laughs> right, so Taylor, it's an Assyrian word, but I love go it. ahead. Yeah.
5: All right, so uh, Taylor Swift has transcended her role as a megastar and emerged as an economic powerhouse. Her Eras tour, which, if you are Assyrian and you're listening, has a completely different meaning than what the tour actually is. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> With resale tickets, yo, think about this. $3,800 for an average ticket could generate uh, $4.6 billion in consumer spending in the U.S. alone. Uh, the Federal Reserve acknowledged Swift's impact to local economies, uh, citing her concerts at a catalyst for increased hotel revenue in Philadelphia. Uh, additionally, her upcoming ERAs tour is... Uh, Oh, Air movie is expected to make a $100 million box office splash, bolstering the struggling uh, Hollywood industry. Taylor Swift's uh, appearance in the NFL game between Kansas City and the Chicago Bears significantly boosted the league's popularity. Despite the game's one-sided outcome, it drew 24.3 million average viewers with an 8.1 increase in female viewers in the 12 uh, to 17-year-old demographic. Female viewers. And, like, because, Liz, I want to know what you guys' opinions are. So that that influence, that influence. Movement that bringing all the eyeballs it's uh, to go to the political side. She's obviously voiced her opinion on on politics We all know where she stands the guy that she's dating the first thing he does when they start dating He's like hey get your vax, get your shot get get your boot get get everything. I'm just it's 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 funny to me It's like you guys realize they're gonna break up Like, I hope everybody out there, all the people that are just like, oh, my God, this is match made in half.
1: It's going to work. It's going to work
5: forever. (laughs) But Pat, I don't say that. I I thought about it. I really thought about it. You know the breakup song is going to have to do with the NFL. You know she's going to sing a song that's going to go, you fumbled me inside the end zone. That's a penalty. You're now in the friend zone. Screw the Chiefs. Like, that's going to be. The, the, when they break up, what it's over. What the hell was yeah. that? And that was think, actually good. Yeah, and he think about this. And, guys, think about this. When she's done with him, mm-hmm. what happens to all those viewers and the taste of all these people's in their mouth of the NFL? What happens? What happens to the mass exit of the Swifties? Because when she leaves, those Swifties are coming with her. Like You, you know what I mean, well, Adam? This they're is- they're going to
2: break up for two reasons. What? Um, number one, uh, he's a fan of Andrew Tate, Liz. I mean, he's a big, strong, strapping dude. He's actually... Uh, one of those masculine dudes that is a fan of Tate. So we'll see if that works out. But they're going to work out uh, or not work out Six because months. of one main reason, money. There's something called hypergamy. Women like dating up. So this might be fun short term. He's a fun, cool football guy. He's worth $30 million, She's worth $750 million. Yeah, he'll be able to treat her to dinner and take her out and treat her nice and show her good time. But he ain't flying around on private jets. He ain't traveling all around the world with her. He ain't got it like that. Now, is Travis Kelsey a stud, the man, best tight end in the league, arguably? No yep. doubt. This is a whole nother level. Big time. And I, I I know this from experience, to not get too personal. One of my best friends dated, not dated, married a girl more famous than Taylor Swift. Yep. Okay, Kim Kardashian. And let me tell you, 50 million ain't one billion. Of course. And not. at some point. Those billionaire type women are going to go after
5: billionaire type. Yeah, men. but Liz, you agree though. I mean, th- like obviously, this is all for politics, and you know the visual of it. Don't you think? Like, that, isn't it kind of weird that all this is happening? She's opening her mouth about politics. He's telling people to get the the new vaccine. Like, does it? Like, do you see that?
3: My reaction when I saw his vaccine ad was his heart's going to be broken by either the shot or by her. But it's <laughs> an inevitable conclusion. Yeah, one
6: way or the other. One way or the other, broken. and I—I oh don't gosh. mean
3: not to credit whoever came up with that joke. I saw it on Twitter, and yeah, I, it was cracked me up. Listen, Taylor Swift is very interesting because she obviously is outspoken about liberal politics, right? Yeah. Leftist politics. I think she's pro-abortion. I think she was she against. Is. She, is. she was against Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee. But the reason that her Eras tour is so incredibly successful, like who doesn't love Taylor Swift songs, right? Yeah, it's right? In the Syrian
5: tour, but go it's ahead. It's the Syrian tour. Sorry, Gabriel. I love you.
3: <laughs> the oh. reason it's so successful is because while she preaches feminism politically, her entire bank of songs are actually anti-feminist. They speak to what young women actually desire but are told that they culturally shouldn't so it speaks to true love getting married having a family running away together fairy tales this Mm -hmm. very actually family-centric wholesome message in most of her songs which is a contradiction of her personal life and her politics Mm -hmm. but i think it's very interesting because our culture tells like 12-year-olds to 17-year-old women, you should go into STEM. That's the only thing you should do. Don't focus on having babies right now. Save that for a long time. Go on birth control for 15 years. Do that. Freeze your eggs. Save them. But what young women actually want is they want to fall in love. They want to be wives and mothers. They might have other other goals. I mean, I I do both, obviously. But every young woman wants that. And I think it's really interesting that she's such a liberal personally but she's making her money off of like traditional you think dogs. every if woman I'm, wants that uh, if, Most I'm, women, yeah.
1: if i'm uh, we're gonna wrap up because we, we couldn't hit other stores it's 1102 <laughs> if i'm the cmo of mlb tom you know what i'm doing we're putting an entire campaign <laughs> together uh-huh. for shohei otani to date Taylor Swift, oh this is way God. too much eyeballs yep. away from the yep. MLB, and yep. I don't appreciate like it. <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> We're gonna create a breakup, and yeah. his
6: next contract solves the hypergamy. Yeah. Yes,
3: it should go. be like a season of The Bachelorette, but like professional athletes, which sport, style? which league yeah.
6: Oh, that's hilarious. Which league. anyways.
1: Uh, take uh, 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 Liz, if you can wrap it up and give us uh, 30 seconds about this book, Hide Your Children. Uh, why you wrote it, what's in it, and then we'll wrap up the podcast.
3: Yeah, yeah, you guys can get it at HideYourChildrenBook.com or wherever books are sold. I wrote this because I, like most parents in the country, have been shocked at the assaults on our children from critical race theory to Transgender Ideology to 1619 Project. And I wondered, who's behind this? Where's this coming from? What's their goal? So I dug into that. And the first half of this book, I named the names of the people and the organizations that are behind each one of those attacks, just like the queer theory stuff we talked about. And the second half of the book, I actually provide a solution which is different than the Republican Party. Uh, It's actually a critique of the Republican Party because I think we've been fighting very poorly against these cultural forces for the last couple decades. So I propose a different solution for how we can actually start winning for once and protect our kids. I
1: love it. Guys, go order the book. We'll put the link below. Just came out a week ago. uh, Hide your children exposing the Marxists behind the attack on America's kids. Take care can like I say one thing yeah. too.
5: Uh, Tampa, I'm coming to Tampa Improv October 18th for one night, one show. On my Tampa birthday. Tampa Improv. Is Sick. that your birthday? October 18th. Can you Tampa.
1: fly? To I Tampa love it. TV. I may join you. So it, October 18th. The Tampa. ticket link
4: is in
5: my on my Instagram. Uh,
1: my bio. Sick. Love it. Okay, guys, take care. Everybody, we'll do this again. Are we doing anything Thursday? Or? It's
4: Thursday and Coulter, and then on Friday we have Tim Poole and Jimmy Doerr joining us. Friday oh. or Saturday? You Saturday. Mean? I'm sorry, Saturday Friday, morning. Yeah, Saturday.
1: Oh, so Jimmy Doerr and Tim Pool. Yes, sir. That wow. should be interesting. Okay, take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye. This was great.